Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 32. Um, this one not even need much introduction. We've got another guest on today. It's a it's a channel favourite, I think. One of our most listened to and watched episodes. So we said at the time when she was on the first time we were going to get her on for a part two. Because I don't think we did a research justice, did we, Sam? No, last time when we spoke to this person, we went through the backstory, how they got to where they got to, and then we got to the research, and it had been like two and a half hours. So and we, we did like 20 minutes on research, <laughs> yeah. and that was um, it. And then we could see the people knocking on the door. So we're like, yeah, we need to leave. Yeah. But yeah, so welcome back again for a part two, Dr. Anya McDermott. Hey. What's happening, Anya? Thank oh, you for thank coming you. back on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. No, no, because we said that we on the last one because we, we, we had to cut it off. It was like, we'll definitely have you back on. And you said you had like some big papers coming out as well. Yeah, I had like, I was sitting on some research for a while and all the publications seemed to come out in the last 12 months. So it makes it look like I've done a lot, but really it was like <laughs> redrafts and resubmissions yeah. of but, stuff. But even when we spoke, like, we spot we didn't like there was topics which you had done that we didn't even get to because it, we didn't have time yeah, like yeah. we've got them on our list so but yes, how but, have um, you been anyway yeah I've been good just chipping away it's uh, director study week whoop, whoop, no teaching but you know it's semester one of two and we're just yeah. I haven't got to have any contact with the little rats <laughs> yes, John Moores appreciate this terminology. Come spend nine thousand pounds a year, you rats. <laughs> you, you practically scum. <laughs> you goddamn filthy animals. Have you seen Ricky Gervais do that? No. Oh, he does a stand up and he goes, um, you know, I'm really rich. Um, I don't really have to be with you people. Uh, practically scum. <laughs> I think he said that like, oh, I've got lots of money. I mean, I'm not saying how much, but I mean. Clearly, by that statement, I have a lot of money. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> right. so, yeah, so, so how long have you been a lecturer at John Moores again then? Uh, since 2017. Do you teach at all ages or ages, levels? <laughs> Teaching, yeah. Um, so, I teach, uh, yeah, first, second, third year, and masters. So, what's the worst year to teach? That is a shout. Uh, it depends. Um, the masters ones are like more of a mixed bag. So, you'll have people come back and they're doing like a masters in cybersecurity or it's like information systems and something. And they think they know everything because they've been in industry. Because they're a master. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, I'm here studying a master's. And then you've got other people who are doing a master's in a computing based subject and have no experience at all. Like I had someone, I'll not say when, but I had this student and they genuinely asked me, how did they get, you know, they were pointing at the screen and they yeah. went, I want to get this stuff from here out. How do I do that? And I was like, do, do, you, do you mean to print? Or do you mean like, <laughs> What's that even mean? What, what, what do you mean? Like, do you want it in the cloud? Do you, what? What? And she's like, well, it's here, but I want it out. It's on like, the screen. <laughs> and she's like, I want it on my phone. I was like, well. Just fucking email and then I it to yourself. I, I showed how to use OneDrive. I showed how to like email it to themselves. I showed them how to print it. And I was like, right. I don't think OneDrive's computing, is it? It's just no, basic knowledge. It's just, yeah. <laughs> That's my, no, but like we say that with the person older or younger. Uh, Middle of the road, but. Because I, I, I'll speak to my mum, yeah. And she won't do online banking. But like, it's why like would that, you be doing a master's in like a computing-based subject if you... That, that, that does confuse Every me. year we get mixed feedback and they say, well, generally it's good feedback, but you'll get someone saying, I wish it was more practical. And I'm like, well, some of you don't know how to use a fucking computer at the start or because it's network security is what, we, what I teach. Yeah. Um, so like we had lots of programming-based stuff and then people would be like, well, I don't like programming. So you kind of ease them in, they do some researchy stuff, some questions, and then we've got um, Arduinos. So we build basically like a little alert system or like an IDS with Arduinos. It's really cool. But you got to build them up to that. 
Yeah. And then you'll still have people going, I wish it was more practical. And then you'll have other ones going, I, I didn't know how to do that thing. And you're like, but you just can't win. I found yeah, that like, in our masters though, even like, because on our course, a couple of the modules or the, whatever the, the calls, what they call topics, modules, modules, modules yeah. um, they were from other courses, remember? Yeah, yeah. And like, they were clueless on the topic. Yeah. So and like, like you wondered why from, they picked it. They'd come from, if it was like, like sensors and data management. So they were more applied, but they had to understand the math. So they'd come into our maths course without the prerequisite knowledge, really, to yeah. probably understand it at the same level. They didn't so they, have to. They chose to try and understand it. Well, no, there well are. no, this is what I'm trying to yeah, say, but yeah. like to, to the same level as what like we knew it as. So it became a bit of a... Because obviously we come from a maths background. That's I remember. not me just saying, <laughs> we're better. I, rem- I mean, we are, but I remember... Um, <laughs> no. I saw your maths degrees. They're very thorough, so yeah. I remember, were. actually, funny story from that master's before we get back onto Anya. Um, we were like towards the end of exam season once. You're like this, Anya. And... Um, I was sitting next to this guy we don't normally sit next to because when I got there later the lecture, so the little clique I was in were all like seated up, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck, I'm just going to sit on my own now next to these people I don't know. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I just sat next to him for the lecture. And then at the end of it, I've been doing revision for like three weeks on this topic because I wanted to just get a good, I needed the good mark. Um, And like, he was looking, he was sitting next to me, this dude, and he's looking through my notepad. And then he just went like after the lecture, "Um, can I have your notes? And I went, what do you mean? He went, like, can I get a photo of your notes? And I was like, yeah, lad, what page? You know, like, I thought he wanted a specific page. Yeah. So I, like, opened my book up, and he went, Ksh. and then he went, <laughs> so I, like, opened photo, and he went, and he went, just kept, like, and I went, lad, how many, how many fucking pictures are you getting? <laughs> and then I went, like, lad, no, you're not taking a photo of every page, I'll be here all week. But, like, he was from the other course, yeah. and he, like, he said to me, he went, mate, I haven't got a clue what's going on. You know, kind of please have them. So then I felt I felt bad then. So I yeah. let him get some photos, and it'd been like ten minutes. So I went, go ahead, lad. I'm gonna have to go, and this is my pad. But yeah, no, it's story. annoying that, isn't it? Especially when you put like loads of the work in, and some people can I just bomb off your notes? To be fair, I'm not asked by that. It was the fact that it would have took like half an hour to get a photo of every page. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like that when I was at uni, like the ongoing joke. Well, when I moved here, I didn't know anybody, and then slowly, you know, got a bit of a click in, in uni. But by third year. We'd get a coursework, and my friends would be like, "Have you come up with your plan of action yet?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I have you. Can I see it?" I'm like, "No, right, okay." But I didn't. I just liked helping. But it was like I'd look at the thing and go, "Right, well, this is what we need to do. We should do it this way." And then after a while, people would know that I don't like people not going to pa- like if they're well. not going to pass something or not do well. So they'd be like, "Can I see your plan of action?" I'm like, "Right, okay." Just, when I started just the PhD, out all the details. yeah, some of the lads when I started my PhD, they were like, "I hope you've got plan of actions ready." I was like, "You shush." But I do, yes. <laughs> well, all three years, Matt. <laughs> right, well, less about us anyway. So we got you back on to talk about your research and what you've been doing, well, since we last had you on. So the first paper that we saw that you published, which we think very topical, but also like very interesting, is the one about chat GPT. Oh, yeah. So talk us through that. How did that come about? What were your aims there? What were you trying to yeah, solve? So I did. Um, I got invited to do like a guest... Um, a guest edit on some journal yeah and then i had to come up with some topics the really annoying thing is is that the paper that i am like first author on got rejected <laughs> damn you reviewer two <laughs> always reviewer yeah. two i had one the other day reviewer two sorry this is proper off oh, piece. Yeah, no, no. so we we put a paper in so it's to do with i can probably say what it is now because it's, it's like we submitted it again it's looking at ecgs and looking at what data formats best for analyzing ecgs right so we submitted to one journal and it came back straight away rejected 
So Reviewer 2 had a few comments, which I was like, Ugh. and then I read Reviewer 2's, yeah. And for example, one of the points they said, this this work cannot be considered complete as they have not done hyperparameter tuning. We have a whole section in the paper describing how we carried out hyperparameter tuning. Yep. So the paper got rejected but because of comments from someone who obviously didn't read my paper. You just couldn't be asked. Basically, just... yeah. And we had a whole section in like, the supplementary material which went into even more detail. And then they were like, you need to give details of the models in the supplementary material. We give the outline of every single model we did. And he said we didn't do it. Sometimes I think it's like rivals. A hundred percent, must be. I'll get to that paper in a minute, but there's a paper I got published in the Elsevier Computer and Security Journal. Bloody reviewer too. So had some work, had done the experiments myself, got a student data scientist. Shout out, he did it at LJMU, but he's now done his PhD at uni of. Yeah. Mm. Also, <laughs> but um, yeah, My basically man. put this into like a machine learning journal, like you were sort of saying, mm. they were like, oh, um, you haven't done this, you haven't done this. Please expand and explain X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I was like, you know, we'd like to thank you for your comments as per your suggestions, you know, smiley face, smiley face. But between the lines, I'm like, go fuck yourself. I clearly have this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's right here. It's in subsection, whatever. Pointed it out. Three rounds of reviews. So it was reviewer two. Not even making that up. But reviewer two. By, reviewer two? by the third review just went, this works shit. Basically like this is... Shit, it's Paul. There's no contributions. This work is meh. I was like, that's not a constructive comment. So I contacted the editor and was like, look, I'm not being funny. I've done the changes they've suggested and now they're basically saying that the work's shit. Why didn't he say that from the start? Exactly. If it's foundationally just bad work, you should have just read it and went, listen, no changes is going to help. This is just bad. So they were like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because we, again, we had all the headings. Like we had, you know, explaining like the fucking split and the train and stuff. And I can't even remember specifically, but we had all of the things. And then they were like, well, why have you not used this thing? And we were like, well, because of the data set we were using, we've done this. So we went, okay, well, we'll change it. We'll do this. And then the guy was like, this is shit. But the other reviewers were like, oh, change this. And do this and then I contacted the editor who ignored me about three times and then it went to basically everyone else said it was fine but reviewer two don't know how much influence they had basically went no no so then the editor rejected it and went oh there's been too many rounds of revisions and I emailed back again being like well if you actually checked your bloody emails I've emailed you a few times and tried to point out that reviewer two is not being, being constructive they're just being negative I would and also they said oh it'd be really good if you reference x y and z paper so oh, my God. student was like, I'm pretty sure this bloody person must, you know. Have you be- went to another journal now? Or? Well, yeah, basically I, I, I took that paper based on all the f- million changes, put it into the Elsevier Computer and Security Journal and I got accepted on the first one. I was like, oh, fuck. They accepted it. And then two days later, we're like, here's your proof. It's online. That's so sick. And we have to have like research output every year. And then my actual, like, it's my old PhD supervisor, but he's my research mentor. And he was like, oh my God, you got published in... And I was like, I just thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll aim for here. Yeah, but yeah. that wasn't the plan. That's a fucking, to the to the reviewer that didn't like it, that's yeah. a bit of a like, fuck you, innit? I think I, before I did it, I took the stupid papers he made me reference out and went, there you go, it's complete. Yeah, it's, what, what's mad, sorry, Belly? Oh, sorry. Like, if something, if there's a roadblock due to, due to one person's opinion, I think there's got to be another way to like, okay, what about if we get one new person to look, if they don't think the same yeah. as this person? then we can get, because it literally is at the end of the day, if there is a disagreement between even reviewers, it's an opinion. So like, you think it's bad, for example, and Ryan thinks it's really good. So, but now it's stopped because of the one bad opinion. Yeah. So it like, should be an option to go, 
same journal. We're going to get two new ones, and if they think it's good as well, we ignore the bat. You know, the person yeah. who said it's it, well, the critique can still be there on paper, yeah. but it can still get published. But then that's that's the problem with the review system is you you can't find reviewers. So one of the hardest things is to find someone is getting yeah. reviewers in. Yeah, we've yeah. had we've had papers like I've had a paper we've submitted somewhere before that have said no because they couldn't get reviewers. To, to review it, yeah, have you had that? Some of the better ones have like a confidence thing where you'll say like, "Here's my opinion, but this is my expertise in this area." Because I've been invited to do stuff and I'm like, I don't understand this, and I'll say as much. I'll do the review and I'll be like, my confidence in my understanding of the subject is thirty. But recently, in the last like year or so, I love like I'm I'm on all the journals that I'm trying to get into. So all of a sudden, I'm a bit more aware of basically how they critique it. Yeah. Because I aimed like there's like a digital investigation journal. I've been rejected from that so many times over the years. And in the last like two years, I've been published with them five times. And it's because I understand how you're supposed to present it better. It's mad that. So it's it? almost like game in the system. Yeah. It, and also, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's how they want the information presented for their like kind of user base, essentially, or yeah, reviewers. It, it, well, it, as well, because it's like some of the questions I'd have in the past, it, it was maybe because. It wasn't myself leading the experiments. It was some of my collaborators. And I'd say, well, they want X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, well, you haven't told me that. And then they still don't know those details. And I go, there's sometimes a problem with collaboration is you're clearly saying we need to include certain things and they don't have it. Like to go back to that chat GBT paper, um, it was uh, collaborators. I sort of collaborated on it, but it was like someone else was running the experiments. So every time the reviewers might say, oh, well, we have a question actually. Because it was looking at, um, was it the security implications of it? Or basically how you could get the AI to tell you things about hacking and stuff and other things, even though they say you can't do it. Yeah. But where it was being ran was in the UAE. And I was like trying to run it here in the UK. So sometimes when I was trying to like maybe update stuff, I was getting slightly different things. Yeah, We didn't even go into that in the paper, but right away it was like (laughs) collaborating with people from different parts of the world. Like restrictions might be slightly different. Yeah, so you're going to run into issues there. Yeah. Going back as well to like the paper issue and they're getting stuff reviewed. I won't give away full details because it was a private conversation with with um, Professor Chris Hughes after the podcast we had the other week. But he was saying, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, was that um, just because a reviewer has put a, like says something's not worthy or like in their opinion, if you've got other evidence of other people saying it is, he said, you should be able to publish it. And those comments from that reviewer yeah. are just publicly available. Like, here's a big critique of it, but it's available. You know what I mean? He, but he was like, but it just gets shut down. It's like, no, no yeah. never never coming out now. Because one person has yeah. put a stop to it in your case. And then you end up, if you don't try and go somewhere else, you're just stuck with a paper then. That's well, like, I can't get it out. On that note, I once got rejected from, again, a journal. And... The irony is it's the coursework topic for my students this year and I had a meeting before and the student needed like a network diagram for so critical infrastructure sort of cyber attacks and he was uh, on Teams and he was sharing the screen and it came up with Google Images and I went click that first one I went I think I drew that diagram and he went what? And it was a paper I wrote like 12 years ago and he yeah. went oh this is so weird but my PhD topic originally was critical infrastructure yeah, so I had yeah. to look at the systems the security vulnerabilities we were hoping to get data. We didn't. We had to switch topics. But I'd published on it, like, the vulnerabilities of the devices themselves. I'd put things in about, you know, the rise in cyber attacks. And this journal reviewer said something like, well, they rejected my paper. And they said, uh, like, it was something like, just because church bells ring on Sundays doesn't mean everybody goes to mass in the same way that people don't like apples and pears. 
it was I don't know what the fuck they meant, but I was like, what? <laughs> just because she had I think what they mean, like, you know, just because you say it's a thing doesn't mean it's a thing. And I was thinking, did you read the fucking paper? I have all this evidence. And at the time, the big cyber attack was Stuxnet. But you could, you could use that for them just because you say it isn't a thing doesn't mean it isn't a thing. Yeah, but yeah. also, I was thinking, this is like, at the time, I'd done some workshop papers. I'd been at critical infrastructure events. I'd, yeah, yeah. you know, and then at the time, so Stuxnet was the big attack and we, no one really knew who did it unsurprisingly about four or five years later america made a youtube video and they went we did it it was us <laughs> you know but it's all like it was me <laughs> yeah. and then they did it like um it was like an iranian nuclear power plant and they just wanted to be like got into your systems bro like what the fuck but i was writing about all of these other attacks that had happened around about this time yeah. and this one reviewer was like in your opinion and rejected me and I was like not in my opinion read the paper I that's yeah, yeah, I've got the evidence there yeah. yeah no yeah it's in your fucking opinion that yeah. it's not happening so that- I kind of like again I think an academic thing is not taking it personally but back then I would take it personally um, and I'd be like I mustn't have expressed think, myself clear enough do you think there's like a ego thing amongst some reviewers where yeah. they're like probably they, I don't know maybe they're in the area or I don't know there's just like a I don't know, a bit of a power play where they're but, just like, because I can't stop it, I'm going to stop well, it. I don't think it would be so much that. It would be more down to things. So, say, for example, a very likely situation I could foresee very easily happening is, say, I submitted a paper yeah. that disregards your entire life's work. Or not disregarded, but like... Or, goes like, against, goes the against the fabric of some, something you're outlining. Weird, so, say, say you use X methodology. And you've said it And then I've, I've come out and said, well, this Y methodology is actually v- much better in a lot of situations. Yeah, the so then yeah. everyone will start using Y methodology. Then the person, say if someone who had spent a lot of the time using X, yeah. would come in and go, well, no, that's not true. Yeah. I think as, I mean? as like, well. That's a big situation I could see happening. No, no, and people like, oh, people forget this goes on in academia and There's science. Of of like, Yeah, people, just because someone's, uh, 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 someone who's been educated and, uh, and they know a lot on a topic doesn't mean they haven't got an ego doesn't mean they're not narcissists doesn't yeah. mean they're not competitive they've still got all these traits as a human or they haven't and if you bump into one of them as a reviewer and they're, they're in the competition with you they're not going to go for the greatest they might do and you, most of them will go for the greatest science at the right here some mm. of them are still got those human aspects which are negative and will go I'm going to critique it just because it goes as you say that he's downplayed X methodology and he's saying why is better and I, I use X all the time for him. Yeah. You know, you need to go back. Just because they're, yeah. just because they're educated doesn't mean but they're the, not fallible. There's you know just know a whole host of reasons like Elsevier, just that company in general, yeah. just pisses me off because they make billions a year off. We do the our, reviews our, for them. <laughs> and it's our material. So yeah. we give up the copyrights for everything we make. So a company can make $3 billion a year and we pay him for the privilege. Spotify like all over again. Every person who asks... <laughs> well, you don't pay Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Every person who asks, like, obviously Chris, shout out to Chris Kavanagh, um, when he did the thing, uh, his podcast, but when he started his PhD, because, like, I think when we first we started going out, he started his PhD and I'd finished mine a few years before. And one of the first questions he asked when he was doing his PhD was, how much money do you make off the royalties? Because at the time, I think I had, like, 30-odd publications. I'm now up to past 50. Yeah been a researcher for like mm. 13 years now i think but i was like i literally make no money and he went what he was like that's a fucking scam i was like i pay them to publish yeah. or yeah. the uni has the th- some subscription the thing is for me academia i understand them not making money off your stuff because it should be open source like and then you don't want to be financially incentivized for 
science. Yeah, because then that leads to a whole, whole like just look at big tobacco, and yeah. you, you find your answers there. But it's not we're not being financially incentivized. These big companies are, which then leads to situations like well, they need to turn papers over. So we'll get two reviewers in. One of them doesn't like it. Well, we can get it. I'll get the next one in. So it le- it leads to that sort of min maxing and optimization. It's all a fucking. What what leads to that? Well, so if say you have a big company like Elsevier, yeah, it owns how many journals are there? It's. I'd say me, I don't know you've got to fucking log into it every time so you try and get on a thousand, paper. Yeah. It takes an extra two yeah. minutes to access it. <laughs> so a thousand, say thousands of journals, Elsevier. So that that company takes all the money. So the three grand you pay, they take it. Mm. So for them, they're not going to want to mess around to get the perfect science. If, but if they you're don't in, care if, at all. if you're in the business of getting academics to pay money, you just want the turnover. You want papers in, papers out. So if, if you get two reviewers, one says it's bad, you're not going to fanny ass around. Go, oh well, let's get two more in. Oh yeah, it's just like half. Well, the, the, bus- the business is getting things published. Yeah, and that's sort of why an academics. The good editor really. reviews it though, like yeah. in the digital investigation one. I think it's like forensic science did a digital investigation it's there's like a lot of like industry like really good people on it and then I, there's like a few reviewers but they then check because they don't want you to just publish anything yeah because like i tweeted about a paper i've just had out recently and then someone actually linked to these researchers they were at some sans institute event but i, I teach about that so i was like oh they spoke at that and i i watched their video it was really uh useful but Elsevier wouldn't, well, in my field anyway, That it's the only digital investigation or kind of digital forensics journal mm. on Elsevier that I am aware of. So they kind of only put stuff out that like hasn't been done or yeah, got a yeah. new approach. Yeah, yeah. But other ones, yeah. Well, that, well, and that's a thing I'm not like blanket saying every journal's a shite, even Elsevier ones, because as you say, you get brilliant, oh, no, you get, like you get the... brilliant editors and people in academia who want to do good things, but then you get your predatory journals, which are just... Have you come across that yet? Like no, but I, I know I know what you mean. What, what you're saying has got a wider scope to it. As soon as there's money to be made, yeah. it, 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 it collapses the fabric of integrity in most situations. Like and, and integrity collapses under the pressure of of, of vast monetary gain. It's like yeah. every industry looking to where that will happen, some integrity collapses. As you say, not all. Some integrity yeah. remains, but a lot of integrity will collapse and, at that point. And as you say. Because it's not the scientists gaining, I think there's still integrity there. Yeah, you have the back and forth, but obviously, say if a, you go to one journal, someone doesn't like it for X, Y reasons, you can still get it published somewhere else. The problem for me comes in, this is very left field from what we started talking about, yeah. but the problem for me comes in is the monetary gain and integrity gets lost in the fact not all research is open source. For me, yeah. that's that to me is the biggest loss. You just said something there, which is interesting. Sorry, Anya, that we'll get to your ChatGPT paper. Um... The scientists don't make the money off the off their own work. Mm. Now, there's no model where we we don't know if that would be better. But it, would, would would scientists, because it's their own work, do care more about the integrity of the work and would be less incentivized to just oh, publish for the I, sake of it, so on? A journal, you can actually a like, journal owner is completely dissociated mm-hmm. with with Anya completely. He doesn't care either way about her research. Really, he just wants the to journal. get the yeah the journal, yeah. but. If it was like a self-governed thing where like we did it ourselves and it was wasn't this huge company with this, but then I'm talking like proper revolutionising no, papers. But me, like, do you know what I mean? To yeah. me, it makes sense that research is paid for by universities. So a university will pay you money or a research centre, whatever. Mm. 
and then you put that money out there's no biases you just get paid to do research yeah, yeah. i don't because then the problem is then what you get is then if scientists start getting paid for the research you do so obviously you can publish a paper and then make a company on the back of it can't you essentially if you wanted to yeah i know people who've done that it's honestly i've i get offered consultation jobs all the time yeah but it's the it's the insurance you need or the li- liability insurance, insurance and stuff yeah. and i go nah, it can't be ours and then it's tax and again it can't be ours <laughs> but i do research because i like doing research yeah. and it informs my teaching mm. so i teach uh like level six uh forensics and also uh computer security and things all the research I do feeds into that. But I know in the past, I'll not mention names, but I know there's been people who have done research that then certain universities have went, oh my God, that's brilliant. We should patent that and we should sell it and we should do this. And the student, uh, the person's went, no. And they've went, well, we own your intellectual property actually. And then they've done everything they can. I know of one where it didn't get to, it didn't get the commercialized aspect that it was supposed to get. And then I know where maybe someone else has taken it, done all this other research with it, and then they've kind of forgot about the student because it was the student came up with the idea. Yeah. And then the people who help them, they get the credit. Like, it's... Do you not... So, sorry, do you not own your own research then? It it depends. depends. Like, if you come in, like Chris with his PhD, Chris Kavanagh, uh, (laughs) because I realise you've had a lot of Chris's on the podcast. (laughs) But yeah, Chris. Was sorry, quite gonna, a weird statement. That I was going to get true. Because the Chris. last one yeah, yeah. was that Professor Chris was like, and you just went, "Oh yeah, uh, Chris Cavanaugh." Fuck, that's another Chris. Like <laughs> Chris, Chris, my dude, it's Chris Cavanaugh. Everyone, I apologise. We me, this Chris is an apology from me and Sam. It's Cavanaugh, Cavanaugh, not Cavanaugh. Cavanaugh's a Scouse thing. Yeah, that's what we say. We apologise. We apologise. I'm sorry, mother of Chris Cavanaugh. <laughs> Right, sorted yeah, ourselves. Yeah, we, we have now redeemed ourselves. Yeah, I can go home happy now. <laughs> yeah. But I no. can put my halo back up. Shit, <laughs> 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 yeah. I forgot about my... <laughs> no, but when he came up with his PhD proposal, he had it. He contacted Queen's University and he, because that's where he did his undergrad and he was like, and he you know, had a good relationship with the department and he was like, right, this is what I want to do for my PhD. Yeah. Here's my proposal. Here's my, like, literally, like, here's all my initial research I've done and they were like, yes. But he was self-funded and it, Typically, they always say, you know, get your name into that thing, you know, apply for all this funding. Was a plan for funding, keeping no his name. No one was giving him funding. Did he have to work then through his PhD or? I got a loan basically for the first oh, year. Wow. Started doing extra jobs. Like, uh, I will send you the link, but he's um, been an extra in line of duty. Yeah, no we were talking about this in the pub. Jasper yeah. Shanderley or something, like yeah, guy well, in the back. I mean, in the pub, he was He's just like a security police guards in a jail somewhere that's classic he opens the door like an actor and they walk in you know what's worse is he had to shave his beard off I was like you look fucking weird because yeah so he did that he did um, what was it Bloodlands or Badlands it's like some is it James Nesbitt was in it it was really shit the funny thing was was he was a CSI guy Chris that's my work no he as as a fucking archaeologist he was guy in CSI suit in that he got all this extra stuff and just before he found out he got funded he said to me he was like love um i've updated my profile i've settled do like sex scenes and nudes and i was like okay you're literally selling yourself for your for your work but okay um <laughs> you've got to get your the own bag. person you do you and then about three days later queens were like oh we find some funding we'd like to fund yeah. you for your second and third year and pay your fees thoughts and he was like he, i think he waited like 10 minutes yes please yes i will yeah. i will do that <laughs> So, but then all of a sudden, because he was on a studentship, he was entitled to a bit more like academic support. But I think then, I don't know, then maybe do they own his intellectual property a bit? 
because then they're doing research on on their behalf. It's I, I think like a good uni or like a good researcher they'll s- support the student, but other places oh, we'll they think how advantage. are we going to commercialize this or how are we going to you know do X Y and Z? Like we were in a conference, it was in Portugal in the summer, and it was all these people he'd met. I think he paid his own money to go to some like uh, classic society talk they did in Manchester. And we met some really cool researchers there. And then they brought this thing in the summer. And again, it's, I was, I literally, my advice to Chris was smile and nod because people tell you shit and you go, oh, thanks for that opinion. I didn't ask for on my <laughs> research. Oh, you know, someone will go, have you tried this? Shit. Yeah, that's a good idea. But you're like, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. But also then just networking is really important. Oh, um, that's one thing I found massively about academia. It's yeah. like, it's, I under, I didn't understand how big networking was going to be. Plus, everybody knows everybody, particularly in my area. Like, having used to work at Edgehill, I'm at John Murr's. Like, one of my collaborators on some of the papers, Alex, he's now in Manchester. And it's like, but we worked together years ago at Edgehill. And then he came oh, wow. to John Murr's. And it's like, but if you go to certain unis, generally, you know who does what research. And most people I know are really nice. But if you're not, like, a polite person, everyone knows it. This, you know? yeah. this podcast the best networking tool ever. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Like, we, we've met so many people. <laughs> Me and Belly now can go into paleomagnetism, archaeology, computer <laughs> yeah. forensics. <laughs> Jockeys. Jockey, Jockey health <laughs> management. Oh, my God. That one was brilliant because I was like, oh, my God, that's how they drop the weight so quick. Okay, okay. You know what was, you've just <laughs> been saying? that people giving your opinion on your research and sometimes you just nod and like, yeah. I want to just say it now because I'm mature. I'm Ian Jarman, when you were pissed in that pub, you were chatting so much shit about multimorbidity. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. And you were just going on. I was just nodding, by the way. And you were absolutely clueless. And you were asking bad questions that didn't have answers. And I was oh, just like, yeah. I, t- I tell uh, you yeah. what, though. So, on that vein, there's nothing worse, right, is when someone who's like a senior lecturer or whatever, say you're presenting, and they'll ask a question about what you're doing. And you know it's a load of shite. It's a bad question. It's a bad A nonsense question. Yeah, You've asked a bad question, yeah. but you don't want to turn around to them and go, what you've asked there is nonsense. So it, because there is yeah, you smile and you're, yeah, like, you're like, what a fucking so if, I said to, if I said to Arne, you know, like, where, where does the horse and saddle go in the chat GPT model you worked on? It's and a bad feel, question. That just makes no fucking <laughs> yeah. sense. That's what Jam was chatting. Like, yeah. the, that was the level it was at and I was going, oh. these oh, questions don't have line, answers. And if anyone, they'll, they'll know this, but I, had a, I did a talk and it was on, again, when I was finishing my PhD and it was in, we used to do like internal research talks yeah. And one of my friends was like, he used to ask people a question with a follow-up question and just something else in at the end before you even had a chance to answer the first thing. Uh, yeah. I was like, do not do that to me because I get flustered and just like, don't. So he didn't do it to me. Get flustered. Did it to other people. And then um, I did my talk and I thought, oh, okay. So I'd asked um, the friend not to do that. Yeah, yeah. But then someone at the back who was like 18 months behind me and was like, getting on like they knew the fucking field it was it was all to do with networks and it was like oh well what about like ddos attacks in this scenario it was something so fucking stupid that i was like i don't think that's quite within the scope of what we're talking about but hey let's have a chat at the end yeah no problem catch me after and then they did i was thinking i was being polite so they're like we're gonna have a coffee and have a chat and i was like oh sure tech i really pissed me off so then i had to go and like humor them and i was like i don't know why you asked me that question and they're yeah. like, no, I, I was really curious. And I was like, I didn't want to go. I mean, it's really obvious based on what I said that that's got nothing to do with anything. But I'm not like that. So I was all, oh, yeah, let's have there's a chat. A, there's Pe- a word for them. Busy. 
Busy. Busy people. Fucking just asking a question for the Could, point of asking a question. Because people, what busy, people want, because what, what they want to do there is put their name out in it and be like, ah, oh, I can say the buzzwords and yeah. I'm not, I'm confident in asking a question. It's like another, I'll, I'll not name the input, like in my department, there's like a certain academic when they turn up to the research questions and if they're asking you a question, it means you have not explained things very well. And they'd never asked me one, which was good. But sometimes there was this guy like years ago it was like got asked a question and um basically the, the person i'm not naming said like what's the novelty of your work and the person went there's many novelties and he went name one oh where do i begin and he was like at the start maybe mm-hmm. just like <laughs> <laughs> and he was like oh i mean uh there's and it was i think it was basically the person it was like it was like smoke and mirrors like i did i honestly didn't quite understand what their their work was about and i was like what are they talking about and then basically this senior academic was like, I'm going to ask for some clarity on some stuff. And they were like, oh, it's subjective. And he's like, no, seriously, I've asked you. like, Just, just lay it out. Lay it out, like layman terms. Simply, go, uh, go. yeah. And then uh, they didn't. And then after everyone was like, oh my God, how do you feel? Because, you know, your, your man asked you all these questions and he was like, oh, it was just so good to have like a back and forward. And everyone else is thinking... No. There's like basic questions you can't answer about yeah, you, your work. You need to go back that's, and fucking... That's decent though, but you are onto busy people though, who like, yeah. there's always one. So like Ryan will give a talk, for example, and then some like, and you just, you can see them desperate to put their hands up and they'll just go like, yeah, yeah so, um, <laughs> the first model, is that a good model? Better, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, okay. Like, you're like, why have you asked? Fuck off. You know what I mean? Why have you asked like, the question? That one, um, had, had like, uh, the one, were you there? The one that I won last, earlier in the year. So the I one that a, I won. I had to give a presentation. No, wait, so I had to give a presentation. <laughs> I was a judge. Yeah, you yeah, won. So I had to give a presentation. on bribed yeah, me. That's yeah, why I'm here. going on. Yeah. Okay, it's all, it's all about who you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to give a talk. So then basically it's all about athlete ECGs and like what you can get from the ECG and what you can learn about the athlete's art. And someone asked a question. Well, aren't you disadvancing yourself by not using a twenty-four hour ECG? And I went, well, well, like, yeah, but like, <laughs> if I had them, I'd use them. I'd, like, what a stupid, not offensive. Was but, like, this the one where you had like, you had to explain it in three minutes? No, this is the other one. Oh right, on top the, of that. the one before that, someone went. It's like you're explaining it, assuming we know what the subject's about. Oh yeah, so like, I said unsupervised that's... learning is when. So so this is my description. Yeah. Unsupervised learning is different to when you kind of know what the answer is. Based on supervised learning, takes the data, automatically learns the key relationships and generates clusters based on which data points are similar. And his point afterwards was, you shouldn't assume people know what unsupervised learning is. I'm like, I can't dumb it down more than that. Nice in three minutes, as well. In three minutes, I you can't... Pictures ex- with that, that'd be sad. I can't explain Maybe that. Maybe just in, in terms, I can get you be a bit like, Whoa. But in, in like your three minute thesis, like that was like... That was the aim. How am I supposed to do this any short when I've got to then go into my results at the end? Yeah. No, I thought yours was good. And there was, uh, there was somebody else. Oh, who the fuck was it? It was something to do with soil. It's always soil. Because it's our, our faculty is like engineering. Soil. Technology and <laughs> building soil. stuff. I don't really know. And someone did a thing where they were like, oh, I hope they don't see it. But it was like something to do with soil. And I was like, I'm really confused. And it was like, this is a type of soil. And we've done this. And blah, blah, blah. Soil. And I, or cement, maybe. And I was like, okay, any questions? And I was like... And I looked at the guy who asked you because he was like, that. turns out that was his student because he went, oh no, they've explained it so clearly. And I, me and the other reviewers were like, no. I don't know what this is. I don't uh, know what they're I, on You know it. what I think you should have are things like that? Big buzzers. 
Yeah. Oh, I like the X Factor. Yeah. Because you get those people <laughs> no, that like, that talent, sorry. They might be good researchers, but they're just not made to talk, man. And they get up and they go, um, um, so, oh, <laughs> like, we don't care because yeah. that's so boring. We no, can't but, listen to you. To be fair, though, that's kind of a problem on the supervisor's behalf because to do research you have to be able to talk in some, so they in should some be prepping them they, for they, it, yeah. that yeah. should be that should be something a supervisor gets on quite early that's like what the research weeks yeah and if then they tries, notice they're not yeah, good like, speakers oh, they should get so, on to so them for you're it. really good at writing really good at research but your public speaking's not great okay every every couple of weeks we'll do a thing where in you'll that. stand you'll stand in front of me and do two minutes and maybe another thing and yeah and you just do not, not even anything just as we would have a normal meeting but just present and speak to three people and yeah. just try and get them more comfortable with it because I think, because then, as you say, I feel so sorry for people oh, when they God. stand up and not, and you're like, <laughs> oh, you've obviously, this is obviously isn't your bag, is it? I don't know why people uh, don't practice though. Like when I was... Some people are nervous though. They just hate it, don't They we? just can't do I it. I just personally, like I, like when I was doing my degree, I used to work at Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. Study support officer, work with kids. Realised I definitely did not want to be a teacher. Definitely wanted to become a lecturer. And it's like, I hate public speaking, but the more I do it, the more you go. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It's like every conference I ever go to. And generally at night before I'll sit in the hotel, have some wine or go to the pub or do something. And I'm a bit like, uh, like fuck it. It's already published. doesn't matter how this talk goes today. It's in the proceedings. <laughs> that's yeah. my mentality of it. And it's, I don't know. It's like the more you do I'll it, the better up. you get. But when I, when I was doing my PhD, I'd be like, oh, like... <laughs> Bob in our departments and he, he made this joke once but everyone else was like this is a true thing he used to go to the research talks to see what word I was going to mispronounce I used, I could I'd stammer saying a word I don't have a stammer but I just like get in my head too much and I'd be like oh the interrupt the interrupt you see that word there the interoperability yeah and, like, <laughs> and then next year it would be some other word that I couldn't say the worst thing is though and I don't think I've said it the last time is because I've practiced and I'd be like just smiling and being like, oh, I'm doing the talk, but internally been really stressed out. Was that I personally, I mispronounce words all the time. I do. I'm yeah, one so. of those people that like read, learnt words reading and like say it wrong. And like, but because of my accent, like no one corrects me because they think it's like a Belfast thing. The same with us because they think it's a Scouts thing. Yeah. You just call it. Yeah. Like I, shit you not, I, <laughs> I have been at conferences and I have been at events and it was only about, about five years ago where someone said to me um what is this power did you keep talking about and i was like what oh yeah no just before you you, you were talking about the power did and i was like oh yeah like so the iot power did i was talking about you know uh, the thing that kind of encompasses it's a and, uh, i'm yeah. still saying encompasses right anyway the thing that makes up the things you know the power did <laughs> and someone went do you mean paradigm and i was like <laughs> what my PhD is multimorbidity clustering to inform more equitable health and social care. For the first like four months, I was saying multimorbidity clustering to inform more equitable health and social care. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's, I was, just didn't know what it was called. And then I went, does that say equitable? It's also the like, fuck? you know the word um, in a book? Um, you've got a, I call it preface. The preface in yeah. the book. Yeah. And then the someone was like, just again, at uni at some event, and someone must have like saw me do it and they looked and went, the preface. I I'm like, fuck you. I hosted a workshop a few months ago and it was all mad, like big, long, like condition codes and oh, the big, long yeah. names next to them. And I was getting to them and I was going, syphilis, Anyway, if, if, if you want to look at that X24 code, just tell me if you know what it means. And then I was in a meeting, it's like a very similar thing. Genitorinary. 
like disease. That's the thing in it. Genitor, genitor, and gen. So you can't say it. Genitor and every right. Any- it's like genitalia. So it's it's a type. Is of- it genetic? Stuff no, or no, I think, stuff? I think, no, I think it's... Generational? No, it's a disease. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're, we're established know. just not being good at this, so don't ask us. Gen- <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I still can't really say it. And I was in a meeting, so I had like like one of the leading voices of like AF in the world was in this meeting. A couple other people, and I was presenting work on like, we're clustering AFs into different fields. Anyway, right. And it got to this point in the slide, and like, it was it's one of like a parent group of like loads of different conditions so i had it and the slide was just this word because i was because i'd been like right okay so, so i was like right okay so now we're going to look at how neoplasms affect the different clusters so i got up all the cancers and then i was like oh circulatory system diseases and then this big fucking word came up and i just went so you can see that word I can't say it and just skip that i tried to say it twice and i went you all know what that says. I can't read that. Yeah. I, just, I had to just own it because I was like, if I don't know, I'm going to be sassy for the next five minutes trying to say a word I can't say. It's it's better to just, like own I it. did a lecture <laughs> yeah. the other day and it was all to do with, again, critical infrastructure, but it was like uh, malware attacks against things. And the family, it's spelled, it's like G-A-F-G-F-T or G-A-Y-F-T. It's something, I don't know how to fucking say it, but I was like, the malware, fa- malware families of... That yeah, one too. and the other ones, and the students were like, "Try saying that," and they're like, "I don't know how to say that one. I can't say it either." Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're not on your own there. But like when I first started teaching, I would have been like, like practicing how to say that word, and I was like, "I can't pronounce that," but you get the gist. That's yeah. the main one. There's other families. Oh, I've well, been there far too many times. I'm on Ryan here. He really struggles with I and E's in words. Terrible. Like he I can't, can't spell, spell the word weird or there <gasps> or and so. Like if that. I was going to spell weird now, I would. Sp- you put the I before the Yeah, W I E R D. What was it people say? It's I before E, except for like feisty something. Yeah, there's like a little Feisty foreign saying. something. It's, yeah. The well, amount of I times be- he's put something on our socials and I messaged him going, that is not how you spell it. You know what? Do you want to see what I got on early doors? And this is why I think I've got like... I might Are you be, dyslexic? I'm dyslexic, maybe slightly autistic as well. So when I was younger, right, I got a very logical brain. So when I heard the rule, I before E, Right to me, forever. that's fucking literal. That <laughs> if there's an I and an E just went, next to each other, that's how everything it works. goes I and E. But then, as you come to become older, you realise that <clears throat> I before E is an exception to the fucking rule. Yeah, right. I just can't get over it. I think English is a bad language. It's so hard to learn. I think it's fucking nonsense, man. Yeah, English, English is, is so just... hard though because Chris is doing um, at the moment. He's doing uh, ancient Greek and Latin. Yeah. Oh wow. And he already knows a lot of those things, but he was sort of saying. That he feels bad for students learning English because they're it's like he learns like by reading stuff and like he has like it's a remote course he's doing but he's sort of saying in English none of the rules make sense like at least in like ancient languages it's like here's the verbs them, you, here's this yeah yeah here's whatever and you can kind of sort like of a logical it. yeah put together. English is like oh it's like this but every other Sunday these are the rules you know just making it up as they go yeah no what annoys me just like People laugh at me and say I'm I'm, I'm not very intelligent, but like, <laughs> why is the word phone got a ph on it, man? Why isn't it just f o n e? That's like phonetics. Yeah, it's or, annoying. Why can't, why why is the swear word fuck just got f on? Why don't put ph on that one? No, mm-hmm. you know what? My the thing that really pisses me off. It's just like I watch up and watching Taskmaster. As I said, I have avoided it for many years. Just cut, started watching it about two weeks ago. And the ad on 4OD is cores. And I'm yeah. like, it's cores? What are you on about? Cures. I call it cures. They call it cores. 
with my logic, I'm like the band, the Irish band is the Coors, so therefore the beer is called Coors, and even I get confused thinking about it. But then I was like, wait, hold on, you call it a door, not doors. And then I started thinking about other words that really don't sound like the shoe. Yeah. Are you like a, a book or a book? I'd say book. Yeah. I say I'm going to read the book. Yeah, book. But but, the, but then it, you don't say, yeah, but it's cause. And then it, cook, I say cook as well. Love. Cook, yeah, same. I don't say cook. Uh, cook. That's a very old Scouse thing, that, isn't it? Cook. Like cook. I like, think I'm somewhere cook, in the book. middle, but my accent's really weird. Like a student asked me where I was I from in Scotland. I was like, what's Scottish? <laughs> out, get out! <laughs> Start throwing your books at him. My nan, says, like, my nan says follied. Followed? He goes, he followed them. Followed? Followed? He goes, oh, yes, they're yeah. followed. He goes, um, I followed your granddad up there. That's mad. That. Fucking followed, what? Yeah, it, that's like a... Here's one that did mine. This is when I lost all faith for English. I, I remember it specifically. I was in... And this is weird. Cause I don't remember anything. I was in year two. And then, you know what? You're trying to teach your apostrophes. Yeah. And then I asked why donkeys... No, I-E-S. You know, instead of, wait, when it's a Y, uh, why has donkeys got an S? And you went just because, and I went right. Well, I'll give up with this. This fucking makes <laughs> donkeys <laughs> has got an S. Like, if you were to say donkeys, yeah, it's donkey. Oh, you spell it with an S in it, and there'll there'll be a there'll be a reason. It's like if you've donkey. got like a lorry, a lorry, and then it's lorries. It's R I E S. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lollies would be lollies would be but donkeys. It's just an S. So when I heard that, I went, well, they just make it up as they go along, yeah fucking pointless donkeys man. I mean it definitely isn't there were probably defo some linguistic because reasons because it's a if Chris was here he'd know he'd like, oh, yeah, donkey. this is one of the but reasons there would definitely be a reason and we'll get it we'll go back to chat GPT now but this is one of the reasons <laughs> I'm happy with AI is because it can take on all this fucking useless info like the English language and do it for me and I can think about other things and then when I go to write <laughs> anything up it just corrects it for me I don't have to know have it you, have you used any of the ones built into Word because I the haven't co-pilot stuff yeah nah. I haven't because I'm a bit like meh but you've got people trying to use it. Like I had cases of, uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was academic misconduct. And basically I think they took all of my lecture notes, put them into co put it into the co-pilot thing or put it into some AI oh. thing. And then it wrote the essay. The thing was, it was really fucking shit. And I was like, this is a fail. Like what the hell? And actually I suggested without realizing it was probably uh, the chat thing was they basically tried to plagiarize me. And I had like, the topic was all to do with, again, like the internet of things and cyber stuff. But in the last, say, like 12 slides, I was talking about Sensor City, the big building that the uni has with uni of. And I was talking about research that um, Carl Chalmers and Paul Ferguson in my department. So I was just talking about stuff that they did to do with sensor data. And then the student used that in their answer. I was thinking, this is just my opinion on shit. What the fuck? But then they put <laughs> references in, like journal, blah, 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 blah. So even I was like, look, I'm not being funny. You're basically just paraphrase back to me in my own lecture notes tried to make it seem like you did the work no yeah and i think it was because it failed anyway it wasn't worth going to a panel but it really pissed me off and i was like why just just do the fucking course i like research i like so where they got it from they've downloaded so, all my lecture so notes co-pilot isn't like chat gpt and put it into co-pilot and went read all these things and mm. give me like a six page summary and you're like fuck you yeah. so and you got onto it though some people wouldn't like, get onto it though would they but also because of the images they had it was literally a screenshot that i have of like it's a map of me going sensor cities like here behind lgmu and they here's used lgmu <laughs> here's uni of and they put that in like sensor city the thing making it seem like it was this fancy thing and i was going it's like a it's a it's just it's a, a building it's just a building yeah. i was just trying to tell you where the building was like what are you on about the, there's a potential security thing in the future is if, if that co-pilot becomes potentially... I was listening to... 
Someone tell me what Copilot is, sorry. So Dead it's quick. like a built-in thing to Microsoft Office now, yeah. where you can ask it stuff and it'll help you. So you're like in Photoshop. Yeah, this yeah. This is the one that, like where you'll say, draw this ball, and it'll draw you the thing. Oh, yeah. Like it's a... like that, but for Microsoft. Stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, you could say, make me six slides on something. And again, yeah, I haven't just... used it. Okay. Neither have I. But, but sorry, oh, but no, you sorry. were just saying about on the topic of that, like again, in, in the department, there's been students who've tried to use that or the chat GBT. I always say PGT, GBT, <laughs> um, to do code. And they didn't realize that when you ask it to make code for you, it puts it in a certain format. And I'll not say what module, but there was a module that had about half the class were taking the academic misconduct panels because the lecturer was like, I gave you fucking sample code. I did the lectures. Are you messing? They all just went, write me some code that does this. And at what point though, Anya, is it allowed? Because... It's kind of like, it's like if you've got you know a coursework I mean? and you're like, because I used to teach data structures and algorithms, like I've been in there long enough that I don't have to teach program, programming anymore. Wait, because I hate programming. But is that, is that the, is that the, how you can tell if I, is that the introductory yeah. thing when you, <laughs> it's like when you start, you get stuck on first year labs, like teaching people Java, like, and they're like, how do I open Eclipse? And you go, oh, for fuck's sake. And then by second year, I was teaching data structures and algorithms. So then it's like, you assume they know how to do basic things. And then people would go. I don't know how to make a class. And I'm thinking, I'm here trying to show you how to make a fucking hash map and you don't know how to... Do the basics. Do the basics. Yeah, yeah, so it was frustrating. But, um, yeah, the longer you're in the department, the less... Basically, the longer you're there, the more research output you have, the le- you get, like, a bit more research hours. So, yeah, all the new staff members get stuck on intro to programming, <laughs> which I don't do anymore, thank God. But when you're doing programming, though, and you've got the question... All of the tutorials and all of the code, it, it builds up to kind of help you know what you need to do for your coursework. But sometimes you'll have a student and they'll just in the report say, you know, like I've done this thing, I've done it this way. Um, um, I looked at this source, I saw this Git repository, but I've used the method that they've used. I've changed the variable names and you go, all right, okay. But then you've just got other people and I've done, <laughs> I've taken students to panels because I've went, I asked you to do a coursework and you said you never attended and you sent me something that has a fucking API in it. And I'm thinking, and I know you don't know how to fucking run a program. <laughs> ChatGPT has done it for all of But this would be before ChatGPT. But I'm like, I know you just, uh, I, I had one once where no one could prove. Everyone just went, ah, well, we know they did it. I went, they fucking didn't. They don't know what. I was like, this is more complicated than it seems. I did a deep dive with GitHub. I was like, you, you download this repository. You did this. I li- literally compared the hierarchy of like file structures on the submission to what to they the, done. Yeah, got found guilty. I then had a master student who just downloaded something completely online, and I was like, "Here's the name of a program I find on like page ten of Google." Because I was, I knew they cheated. Here's the one they submitted. Here's this. Here's this. Here's the one online that has spelling mistakes in the comment code. Here's the comments with the exact same spelling mistakes. I highlight them. I did like a flip chart. Because you always have to present these things to like non-computing people. And yeah. then they're like, why would you be doing this? You're going above but, and beyond. And you're like, because I know they didn't do the work. As I say, they're going back to it before. Yeah, I, I know I know why like, lecturers get annoyed because they went through the effort of putting the tutorial together or coursework and then our students went and just doing chat GPT. But as we were talking about this with other guests, haven't we? It, it's like, yeah. For me, the, the coursework's got to change because it's a tool. Uh, then oh, yeah. You're never so going to stop them using it now. We've wrote it in a so way. So it's like, you can't go, do not use this online resource, which is begging you to use it. Because yeah. it'll have all the answers. Use our lecture notes only. I yet some kids will. 
But most kids aren't that good. They're, they're rebellious. Like, I'm going to go on your chat. It's, like, do it. it's like using a... Uh, so it's how you get around that as, yeah. a, as a... It's like, so you write the questions. It's with the exams and COVID and all that the last few years. It's when we knew they had to be done online, we were told then to change the exams so that if they had to use, basically do it in five hours online, um, they can't just Google the answers. So yeah, you'd yeah. have to ask more situational-based stuff or scenario-based yeah. stuff. And like that, last year, because of the train strikes, my exam got switched online last minute. And it really pissed me off. Well, not the train, train strikes, you know, solidarity and all that. But it pissed me off because so many of the students, when they went, it's online, didn't look at the revision lecture, didn't look at the past papers. Anyone who didn't get, and again, it's 100%, you can do this online. Anyone who got like 60 or less, I was like, I'm looking at their statistics so I can see... If they've, you know, I can see their attendance. I can see, did they look at any of this stuff? And generally people who got 60 or less didn't. There was like a nine or 12 mark question all to do with like the mitre, mitre tactics. Yeah. And three, everyone went like, uh, like port knocking, something else and something else. And I was like, no, why are you writing that? And uh, so many people got the same wrong answer, lost nine or 12 marks. And I went, what the fuck? Chat GPT. Yep. I ran my question through it and they're like, oh, have you thought about port knocking and something else and something else? Because the thing was, the three things, I was like, I mean, I haven't mentioned that. I was thinking the ethical hacking module that they do, yeah. the, the cyber students. I was like, but no, this is a really specific thing. You literally could have Googled mitre tactics or mitre technique and the buzzword, I think it was either like reconnaissance or answer. something. It would just fucking, here's the thing. Here's the answer. But because they just went, I'll run it through that AI, I'll paste that in. I was like, no. That, that's the perfect example though of why ChatGPT and that like doesn't work. Like for example, I'll use it for code because I know exactly what code I want. So like, yeah. say for example, like I want to make this plot using Plotly, Python package. Just can't be asked doing it. So you got to do I can't it. be asked yeah, reading yeah. the documentation. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to give me the outline and then I can adapt it to my data. That's what I, I, I use it to start me off. Like yeah. I can't be asked right in the first time. See, Just give me a base. you know what it does though. So you yeah, can kind of yeah. go, well, that's what I'm trying adjust to say. that, do that. Because yeah. we have the domain knowledge to understand. Yeah. Like it's like 20 minutes today, 20 lines ago to 10 minutes. So it just Some gets it in 30 seconds. Verbatim, yeah. And they'll just yeah. go, That's well, it. it said this, therefore it must be right. But everyone knows ChatGPT's got the hallucination problem. So it just spits out shit for no reason. Mm. And a lot of the time, it doesn't give you the right stuff you're looking for. But I, I guarantee there'll be students, because it's what I'd do. If you told me not to use ChatGPT, I'd say, I'm using it. But I wouldn't just paste the answer across. Yeah, you at least change the variable. Like, I'd, again- I'd look at it and go, okay, if it's right, it's something like this. I can't just paste this in. So I'm going to go on Google as well. Okay, it's confirmed. ChatGPT's on the right lines. Okay, now I'm going to create my own version of it. And you never yeah. get caught. But these kids are just like, copy, it's like, bang, and just submit. When I was at uni, and even to the students, and I'd go, look, if you find something online that's helpful, it's like, change the fucking variable names. Make it look like it's yours. Yeah. I don't care. I was like, if this has helped you do your work, good. But it's the ones who just copy, paste, and go, just what are you on about? Yeah, don't lazy. scream at yeah. me. I've cheated. You know what I mean? They've now brought in Vivas. So they've said, now decent, the department's stops, brought yeah. in this thing and they basically said, anything you submit, and I don't know if it's just for third year modules, but anything you submit, we have the right to vibe you. So then you might have to explain it. Why? And I know of, not myself, but other tutors where they've had a student submit code and the, the tutors have went, I know they didn't do this. Explain this, blah, blah, blah. What's a for loop? And they go, what's this? I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. But according to that code, like you, you wrote this big, massive thing and they're like, usually after they go I, I needed help I panicked and you go right but 
just reference the thing. I asked ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> the AI did it. It told me it was my I'll friend. i tell you what, though. Vivas are a great idea because, like, especially now John Wars, it's kind of moving away from being more of just a teaching institution. So it's kind of moved away more from being just a teaching institution now that it's become more research-focused. Yeah. I think Viva Prep's so essential. Oh, my God. I had this, like, top 10 tip thing for Viva Prep. And it's... The best advice anyone gave me, and I'll give it to yourself, I was is... Gonna say, I was just about to ask. I need swear to God, right? Know the limitations of your work. It's not a bad thing. It's just know the weaknesses. So, for example, with my work, I, you know, hate talking about it. I, it honestly, you'll then hate talking about your, your PKC oh, I can imagine, for a while. Yeah. But it was like, it was collaborative intrusion detection. I used a certain algorithm, which was called Dempster-Schafer Theory of Evidence. I then tried to use it for collaborative intrusion detection and, you know, in autonomous things. But anyway, it's like we used the algorithms, we did the maths, we used it for that, we fused it together. And then I realized the issue with it is, is it treats every person equally. And I might have mentioned this before. So then I realized the weakness with that is the normalization process. So then my workaround was to add in like a confidence level or something else. So then I added some other maths, did some stuff, went, these results look better. That's my opinion. I'm not a maths person, yeah, but it took yeah. a while. But it was like when I was going to the Viva, I was thinking, right, one, people might not agree with that, but that's my observation. Two, I used a simulator for quite like the first half of experiments. And then I had a friend, well, I did some code, but I had a friend like help yeah, yeah. with it and kind of like I was I knew what I needed it to do, but I was like, How how would you do that? And they helped me like fix that. So I had like different types of experiments. Mm-hmm. But then again, someone might go, Why are you not using virtual machines? I had done that for like a year before and I fucked the experiments and it was pointless. But it's just also knowing that when they ask a question, they're not trying to catch you out. They just, just genuinely want to know why you did it that way. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that a couple of times. People saying like, they're not, they're not trying to catch you out a lot of the time. It's yeah. just literally, have you done your work and why did you choose to do it this way? Also know the background of the person. Like I feel really bad, but I did my, I've done a few vivas where I was the examiner, but I was like the, the backup guy. Like, woohoo, getting experience just being there. But I did my first one where I was the examiner and it did not go very well for the person. But they hadn't published. And they were making claims about, like, forensics. I feel like they picked me because I do forensics, not realizing that I'm certified in forensics. I can... I do. I, I think they underestimated picking me as an examiner and I felt bad for the person. Because you knew a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically, they said something like, like, uh, cloud forensics isn't a thing and they said like x y and z software you know doesn't allow cloud like cloud analysis and i was like yeah no shit they they don't do cloud i was like well x y and z would do cloud and then their literature review and i give them this and hope they don't watch this but i gave them and i went look you did a literature review that said there's no methodologies for cloud based on the things that you looked at that would be a first statement i was like but your literature review is very outdated narrow and outdated. i went okay so X, X, again i went a b c d e these you could do this you could do that and i i was very 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 helpful and then the the person in their uni was like well i mean could you be more specific and i was like they just need to do the literature review again they need to go back to the start they need to change the experiments they need to yeah i i felt really mean but i was i was more than helpful like i sent a, a detailed report and then they said could you be more specific? And then I sat like 12 fucking pages where I was like, here's all the points I made. This is what you need to do. I didn't quite say this is the answer, but I was like, because then they tried to say because of COVID and because of budget restraints. And I went, 
But it's, I was like, it's like using forensics toolkit and going, it doesn't do drones. Yeah, I know. I hope it doesn't do it now. But obviously it doesn't. You should know that. You yeah. should then... That, I was I was quite fortunate in that my like my latest review got published a year and a bit ago, oh. but then I've I've like been trying to keep up with it since and like fingers crossed, fingers crossed. nothing's come out that disproves my like. There's a few papers I can the add next to six it. Six months, like twenty papers. Oh, <laughs> so there's a few papers I can add to it, which I probably will do in my thesis chapter, which. Could, what they fall into the groups that I'd already defined in the literature review. Yeah. So like, I was like, ah, whew. No, but that's good. You've identified the key themes and you're keeping up to date with it. That's brilliant. Like I've had students who've done, um, like just going back to some of my work, like last year, I think every other student did Fitbit forensics and I was like, ugh. Because <laughs> when I first did Fitbit forensics, which was about seven, eight years ago, I had a conversation with my boss and I went, can you get any anything of forensic interest off a Fitbit and he went no it's a fucking watch and I went well there's no papers on that and he went "Uh." and then I just went I'm I'm gonna prove you wrong joking I was like I'm gonna do some research and I'm gonna prove you wrong and then I had a master's student who wanted to do the project then decided to do data science then realized the TensorFlow and all the other stuff is really complicated then with about four months to go on his project went can I work with you again? I'm so stressed out and you're really... Ch- Fuck I'd, this data science. Yeah, was like, I don't even know what to do, but can I do the forensics idea that you had? And I went, okay. And I shit you not, I did not have access to the specialist software that I generally use in the summer because the person who had it um, was off. And also because he left at last minute, I went, fuck it, we'll do device forensics. And again, f- there was stuff you could get off the devices themselves and also a lot of things in the area mainly talk about the software. So... I, I ended up answering questions like one, yes, you could get stuff of Fitbit. It used to store things for 30 days. We had like some shitty thing you'd buy off like Groupon or something. Didn't have anything. It was basically like a smartwatch. And then the Garmin watch. Oh my God. So the student as well, by the way, runner, he's like very athletic. Yeah, yeah. I could have taken his watch and plugged it into my computer and then been like, oh, look at me. I'm an athlete, which I'm not, but I could have stolen <laughs> look his data. At me. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd put this on. all his data just yeah, there. Yeah, I just, I would have all the data. And so we published that and then everyone was like, what the fuck? But also everyone's like, device only forensics? Because like, everyone would go, you'd assume it's the app. So the last few years, you know, it's it's app data. It probably gets the best things. Yeah, yeah. You can actually log on to Fitbit or depending on if you're like in America or whatever, you can put a, like a warrant or like a request and to get the online data. Now you don't have, you can't just analyze the devices themselves. So like later versions you can't just access but at this point in time you could plug it in and be like oh i'm in the watch i can see the files um and then we've had later students who've then done like uh was it joe um he works with merseyside police he did his placement there he came back he'd use some of the tools that, we, that i'd been mentioning and, and i just did my training on and he goes uh i don't mean it i don't mean any disrespect on you but i've read your paper and i've got some opinions i'm gonna make it better and i went great and in his in his dissertation and then in the paper that we did, he critiques my work because it's outdated. And I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. Well, that's the it whole is. point of academia yeah. as well. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's just that's the nature yeah, of exactly. Fuck Joe. Especially, <laughs> a fast, especially a fast moving industry as well. Like, especially something like everyone's jumping on. You expect yeah. things to be. But Joe was saying to me and I was like, no, fair fucking play. I said, well, because <laughs> I said I did device only. And actually then, so he did the paper and I helped him um, get it published. Because then we, after he was like, oh, I want to, you know, do things. But he wrote a really good thing. So for forensics, generally you'll create like a test plan 
and you'll populate the thing with data for like a few months and then you'll run it. And like that, so last year, most students did Fitbit and I was like, oh my God. And they'd go, there's like no literature on it. I'm like, fucking look my Google Scholar up. There's like a million papers, but I just kept referring them to Joe's paper because his methodology was brilliant. He'd clearly say like, you know, we created the testing, we did this, we did this. And then he did a comparison between Android and iOS and also the two main tools. And then this year I've got one or two people doing Fitbit and they go, there's no, there's no literature on it on you. I'm like, fuck, I sent them the, look at this paper. And then they've actually cited my old paper. I'm like, you forgot the paper I sent. It's fine. It's fine. Big pain. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So when people say literature reviews, going back to what you were saying about yours is, yeah, the more in depth, brilliant. But sometimes if you see something else, it either supports what you said, but when you're talking about it, you clearly see the year it's published. It's not like you've wrote something and then you've you've missed it. If someone has something else, you'll see it's 2023 and it's yeah. maybe like a new thing that someone's brought out. At the time of writing, you could say, we did all of our things with this basis, but future work would entail that maybe we'll yeah. include what they've done for something else. You know, That's essentially, that was my idea, what I was going to do for, I think it's like my fourth chapter, is I'm essentially going to say, the work in this chapter is published under this, but and then just use what I published and just put it there because yep. I'm like, I'm not going to change it now. You'll be like, as per, and then you reference yourself. Yeah. Like, ah, look at as me. per <laughs> me <laughs> in my own thesis. But then at the end, like, uh, like after like the main body, I'll put like a after publication and then that's where I'm going to put those yeah. other papers. I've, I've done stuff like, where I've said, uh, we're doing this, but if you want to read more about the security things of this, see... And I'm like, that's my paper. <laughs> it's me. I did this already somewhere else. Um, well, I did my systematic literature review, man. I'm not even going to lie. I picked it because I thought like there'll be like five papers on this, man. It'll be dead quick. Fucking bang it out dead quick. Like a thousand. It's like oh. fucking 40 papers. And I was just like, the fuck, man. Did you have like a big, one of my colleagues, uh, uh, well, I'll say his name, Alex. He's now at Manmet. And he is really, really, really good at systematic literature reviews. And during COVID, because he, he lives in Manchester and he was didn't have to commute in. He had more time for like, you know, just in research. Yeah. And then we did a systematic literature review. And I think it was, well, the funny thing was he emailed me and went, do you want to collaborate on a paper? It's blockchain applications in forensics and IoT. And I went, all right, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I was like, this is what I'm interested in. And then I remembered, he's my moderator from my master's module that had a coursework entitled blockchain applications in the internet of things and i was like oh where'd you get that idea you know joking but yeah we have similar interests yeah, yeah. so Thanks. he was saying he was like look i've read the papers i've done this i'm gonna do all the in-depth i fucking hate literature reviews but he was like oh, doing i hate them he they had are, like this thing so fucking made a big flow chart it's like so good you know these are my keywords these are this this is what me omitted that's the kind of writing i hate and he was like i'll do this i need your <laughs> you know but he wanted like if i read the paper and then went here's some thoughts so we did that tweaked it you know, he's first author, like fair play, but it's, it's cited so much. And then we did a, a different one. Um, I can't remember what the other one was, but again, I was like, oh, I hate all the background. He's like, I've already wrote it. Yeah. Okay. I'll get involved in, <laughs> you know, so it is yeah. a bit of give and take sometimes with people, well, but, but don't, as you're saying, the literature reviews, like my one on athletes art, it's a very small area, but it's got like, I had looked before. It's got like 2000 and odd reads. Yeah. No citations, you little bastards. <laughs> no, everyone thinks it's fucking nonsense. I tell you, no, I tell you what, there's, there's a, because you, is it ResearchGate give you like more in depth? Oh, yeah. Reads no citations, right. you little bastards. There's a, there's it's like a, they've read it and went, yeah. Okay. There's a, <laughs> shit. There's a, there's a, there's a Google tab, I'm going to look Honestly, some more. There's a research group in somewhere in Italy, and it's like seven members of this research institute have got. Ooh. like the paper save somewhere yeah. so I'm like 
if one of you don't cite this paper soon, even if you say it's shit, just cite Have it. Have you got any citations? Because it's a no, lovely feeling. Yet. I've not won yet. Well, to be fair, I've, I've got three papers. So I've got one. First off, that's my literature review. I've done one in Cancers. That was a good paper. That well, I only, I'm like fifth author. I did a little bit on it. But the paper itself is really interesting. It's about curing glioblastomas. So what you need to do, and I went to a workshop at a conference when I was doing my PhD way back when, was you have to keep your previous work. Someone said, like, keep it sustainable. So self-citation is not a bad thing. But if you're writing about something and you've mentioned it elsewhere, or you say you've got like an introduction or background section that's similar, just put a reference into your previous paper because someone might skim it and then, yeah. But also they might skim your paper and then they go to your reference list and they go, fuck, he's done something else in this. And then yeah. they'll go read it. Because sometimes someone might have came across, say, like the third thing you've done. Yeah, And they yeah. didn't know that the first thing would be relevant. Ah. And I realized then I'm that person who's like, oh, self-cited, but... Yeah, uh, every paper Anya does, she puts absolutely every, <laughs> every paper <laughs> in the intro. <laughs> yeah, just a, a constant infinite the cycle intro of just citation. getting longer and longer. Each paper. Basically, yeah. the whole paper is an intro with all the citations But the in. worst is you get a reference and you go, what the fuck's that? That's not me. And you go, oh, <laughs> oh. I think I've got one in like, it's like Polish or Russian at the moment, a paper I've just put out. Really? And I'm like, I don't know what that says. I need to Google Translate it, but I don't know. Nice. The third paper, you know that IOC paper? No. The censorship one. Oh, yeah. Published. Has it got out in the end? It yeah. got it out in the end. Where's so, it, well, what happened? We're still waiting for them to do the proofs and that they're taking the piss with it, really. But yeah, went through. Who took the punt on it? SN Applied Sciences. Ooh, congrats. Thank you. I Thank know you. that. I recognise it. I can see the, the the logo. It's like red and blue or something. How did you get through the problems? Yeah. We didn't. We just submitted it to another journal. Yeah. We just took it. Yeah, I went, fuck you, review too. Because genuinely, this paper was so it's on like global censorship so essentially the paper is we give a list of like one to ten and rank countries and how they censor the population oh okay oh, this is the this are, is the only there. journal that it got to reviewers we submitted it to like seven journals and everyone got knocked back at the editor I think no I think an, or another one it went to reviewers but it was one of them they both just give terrible things but I think we submitted it seven or eight places and this is the first one it got to a proper literature review where we were able to do Have so they didn't even they wouldn't yeah. even read or they read it and thought like no yeah. so well well ma- done made up with it in the end so and I'm second author on that one I'm going to reference your work and be like it's yes. fair what you, what you got like fair to me it's alright <laughs> Anya's <laughs> intros are just right? her citing herself and her yeah. mates to get, yeah, to get be... citations on papers you're, you're... Got papers on archaeology and her intros you'll and a, everything you'll have a reviewer too soon go Anya why is there 400 references in the intro why yeah. are you mentioning Roman classics in your intro <laughs> Chris like I've just got Who seven references is is he relevant and I'm like Let's go with it. Shut up. You've never heard of the Roman forensic debate that went on in the 50s. No. Well, you don't know about the topic, Andrea. Internet of Things in circa AD. It was a Roman invention. He has a book coming out. Yeah, he said he he was in the process of writing it anyway. Oh, yeah. So he, like, just going to him. But, yeah, he, like, submitted it ages ago. We were at a thing in Portugal, like, a conference, and the publishers of, like, the, the people you want to publish in his area were there. And he was like, they never emailed me back. I went, let's go fucking see them then. But I had lunch and I went, right, well, we'll go to the pub soon, but you're going to go talk to those people. And yeah. I walked up, hi, this is Chris. Talk. <laughs> I mean, I know you can do that, but I think he was a... Needed the push. Yeah. yeah. And then they were like, the lady was like, oh my God, I remember your email. I'm so sorry. They've had back and forward and fingers crossed. The whole book's under review. That's sick. Yeah. They sick. like accepted it based on the book chapters and stuff. Wow. Well, it was his PhD, wasn't it? 
Yeah, he penis. like he extended it, didn't he? And done more on it. God damn it! I killed a tree to print that. I printed his thesis, and it was like that thick, and that's like the condensed. You can only have X amount of things. The actual thing, if based the books now, it's probably like that. If many my pages. PhD is that long, I will cry. Does Chris write how he talks? Does he? Is everything like really long? It's it's very to the point. He's oh, a really is good it? writer. Okay, so he's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Why use a million words when you can use? Well, yeah, he kind of like. When he's talking, he, he gets it. But, oh, gets history so people do footnotes it. though. You'll read a page and it's like footnote, footnote, footnote. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah, I'm not They're, gonna go looking for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, like I'll read a footnote. Like say I'm reading them like a, an old maths one because a lot of the method, the methodology I used is bait. It was like first published in like 1997 or 98. So a lot of the papers have footnotes and it'd be like so they'll say blah 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 blah. This statistical thing only holds under these specific conditions in the footnote. I'm like, wow, man. Like, I get you've got to say it for like mathematical nuance, but come on. Yeah. And then they have this thing, it's like, is it IBID, like IBID, which means as before, as before, as before. So, like, you'll just keep the same fucking footnote in to be like, same reference. You're like, just say same reference then. Or why have 10 references? Use a different one. Yeah. So you'll, th- you'll see things, you'll think it's wrong, and it's like IBID, IBID, IBID. Right, before we carry on, do you mind if I go for a way? Go on. Just because I have to get round you, don't I? Shit, so I gotta get out. That's what I mean. Right, so we're back after after that short break. So an- another piece of research. How was your pee, Ryan? Re- I feel relieved. Good. Feel like a new man. <laughs> so I just thought I'd put you off by. <laughs> I was gonna say you proper mess with. The, I was gonna say mess with the flow then. But it's like, like, how can't. was it? Is it like, good? Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So one of the pieces of research I remember hearing you talk about at one point was identifying online trolls. Yeah, uh, I think it was the paper titles all to do with toxicity yeah um i have a funny story on how i kind of messed up the research oh. and how i fixed it so it kind of goes back to just before covid doing research um looking at the different types of forensic evidence you might get so you know like you'd have audio files you could have media like file i can't speak you'll have like files pictures yeah, yeah, videos yeah, yeah. etc different um, forms different forms and different formats and stuff and at the time I was thinking, whoa, but like a lot of these types of messages are now like when I did computer forensics in like 2008, it was a computer. Then a few years later, oh no, mobile forensics was a thing. Yeah. Now it's like all of the above, but then it's chat messages, screenshots, you know, Snapchat stories and yeah. stuff like that. So I was basically really interested in looking at could we use AI or some sort of machine learning thing or basically optical character recognition, so OCR, to take a collection of different types of evidences or you know media yeah. and to extract the words and do something meaningful with it so i did some small scale experiments and uh submitted it to a forensics journal and i was like you know ocr in forensics isn't a thing and i mean god damn it this is why is no one doing this and then you could make <laughs> meaningful meaningful insight on on that and then during covid uh, a reviewer was like um you know you can just turn on the ocr feature in like forensics toolkit or was it autopsy? It was either forensics toolkit or autopsy. And I was like, what? And it did what you were doing. <laughs> I messaged, I, I WhatsApp my boss and I was like, cause he's like my friend, but he's my, my, my boss. And I went, Tom, did you know that there's like an OCR functionality on this? Where like, it extracts the words. And he was like, fucking since when? But I felt like such a dick. And they, you wrote a paper on everyone? Uh, yeah, um, they, they need to have this as a thing. And then we're like, um, they rolled it out a few months ago, actually. And I was like, uh, oh my God. No. The time wasted. <laughs> oh, right oh, no. oh, so licked, licked my wounds for a bit. But then I was still sort of saying, okay, fine, fine. The tools might have OCR. 
things i've still not actually played around with it because it just it wounded me so much but but the premise was and it goes back to my undergrad thesis in 2011 was my p not phd my undergrad thesis was all looking at um computer criminal profiling so it was looking at a bit of a study kind of computer science but mixed with psychology the motivation of criminals the characteristics of people who commit certain crimes and you know there was all like forensic case studies and stuff all to do with that as well but my thing was how people use their words online and kind of like online grooming stuff like that and then I became interested in okay fine OCR it might be a forensic issue but in my opinion it's still an issue so like could you have a perpetrator or someone who's been accused of doing something you've got all their evidence there like you've got their phone you've got this you went through chat logs could you run an AI thing or could you run an algorithm that basically said he has all the indicators of a fucking predator likely like, yeah. guilty likely yeah. not Can, yeah. like, like he's been accused of something else but based on how he talks to people online we think he's grooming people or you know things like that like he's got the like coercive predatory DMD. language yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. within his chat logs yeah. so again coming up with something like that everyone's like that's fucking weird i'm like that's not weird i do think it i think i'm again it's like same idea haven't explained it well so then i kind of went right well i'm a big system of a down fan i've read something about toxicity and i was like oh toxicity of things but really it's toxic words and it was the student i had working with me during covid um he did this coursework or it was like a kaggle online competition yeah and it was all to do with like toxicity and other things but basically they helped it was either that competition or something else but you can label words and phrases and stuff based on severities and stuff you know things so the the project basically was some sort of machine learning thing and you could you know classify things and label them as toxic and give different degrees of whatever but then we did that with a lot of um twitter information and just basically thought back when you could use back when you could get to it for free like and and the funny thing is with that same student so he's called michael um he's now at uni of again done his phd but when he was like a first year in one of my modules um him and another group we set this thing and it was uh social media scraping and you at the time people picked like either facebook or twitter like before you could do you know before all of them got locked down but in his group they did facebook and twitter and did like a fucking file walk and thing they did all uh, the coursework we went you could do these five things and his group did all of the five like which just pick one we did them all they made a program that did yeah. all of the above and the day before it was submitted facebook like strengthened their like API or yeah. basically you couldn't get access it wouldn't work but I'd seen it work a week before their Twitter API stuff all that things worked it yeah, was brilliant yeah. you just had to like authenticate yourself on and you could get like fucking so many tweets yeah because we've done it when in our masters the tweet a- Twitter API stuff it, it was yeah. sick what you could get but then obviously oh now, yeah shit mm. Elon bastard but now you can't <laughs> but basically yeah at the time we just looked at like could we classify things so the aim to kind of build from that was then so online trolls could you then have a collection of uh collection of uh conversations or collection of tweets but when i was trying to write the literature review for that there's actually a lot of people and they use that for like hate crime but sports and stuff so oh, right to spot racism in, in sports tweets yeah and stuff but and there's uh, fires and stuff as well like um local people complaining about things in certain areas like on twitter like the like the water what do you call it like water hydrants and things like yeah. that. Um, in certain areas, you've got a lot of like these local providers and they're on Twitter and they're looking at people tweeting in certain areas just to see like, oh shit, should we maybe send someone to have a look at that? Because people will f- passive aggressively tweet shit online 
and complain about it in forums before they then phone up and go, uh, the thing's not working in my area. Can you come check it out, please? So when I was trying to do that, I then saw people using negative things on Twitter, but to make their company a bit better. Anyway, I've kind of put a pin in it, but again, it was based on stuff, stuff and experiments that I did like years ago. And then we made it a bit better. Yeah. Isn't it? So I'm just thinking about, it's super interesting to me and Ryan, we were talking about it. Was the, so just thinking about that topic generally, obviously with like a, a model you'd have like how accurate the model was, you'd be able to go, okay, here's what we did and we know it was 99% accurate at identifying cancer. And cancer's quite clear a lot of times that the cancer is or it's not. But as you say, with toxicity, it's not like, oh, it's 99% accurate, but because it's like, it's an opinion if something's toxic or not. Yeah. How so- do you, how can you be, or for example, if you look through a chat log, how do you know if someone's being satirical with friends and using bad language or genuinely being a pest to someone? So like in forensics, um, like computer forensics, whenever you say you have someone accused of a crime and you've got their message logs, you've got like yeah, WhatsApp, yeah. you've got um, Messenger and all that stuff. One of the things as well is that you can have like a dictionary of, so if it's like a drug case, yeah. you then know all the slang words for certain drugs, or you might get someone who goes through all the messages and they might say, like, okay, this means this, this means this, this means this. And then you can update that and then you run that dictionary through that whole collection of stuff. And they'll say like, snow, for example, has been used 24 times in these things with these people. And you go, oh, right, okay. Um, so it you could have a model or you could have like, we need to look at these sort of themes and then you can tailor it. But you can do that ah. with the tool. I then watched something on TV recently where basically, um, it's not 24 hours in police custody, but it was something like forensic firsts or I have Virgin Media and they like recommended some show and the guy was like yeah we work with the police and we did all like Snapchat forensics and he basically started talking on TV about the tools and the approaches that they use to get people and they actually did catch some like pedo guy who was like giving kids vapes and you said you might have a vape guest in but this guy was like making friends with teenagers online oh, and shit. saying I've got vapes and then I'm using that. so is that the new candy now but it was, vapes. It was <laughs> but the, vapes, the vapes had like um there was oh, spice or something in them list. Oh, oh shit. But then he'd be like, um, if you don't send me pictures, I'm going to tell your mum you smoked a vape or whatever. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. But anyway, basically they got him with all the Snapchat stuff. But this guy on TV was like, this is what we do. And one of the last things he said in the show that pissed me off, he went, and now we use the um, profile enabled thing where we could look at the indicators of behavioral analysis to see if maybe someone is doing suggestive behavior. And I went, no. But it was a certain tool. I'll not say which one, but they said that this tool does this. But in my department, I know three people who've done that training and I went to them and I went, does this tool do behavioral profiling? And they went, I don't fucking think it does. So I don't know if that person's made a bold claim. Yeah. But again, it's, a, it's I've been saying it for years, but at the moment I'm like, um, in the uni, we've got like a forensics research institute. Uh, Professor Caroline Wilkinson, she works in Face Lab. She's leading it. And basically anyone who does any type of forensic research, like forensic pathology and forensic psychology and anything else basically we're all in this big collective group yeah and i kind of represented computing the maths and i stood up and i was like this is all the work we do in our department one person emailed me to tell me the work to do so i basically was like this is all the work i'm doing in the department (laughs) here's some ideas i have on stuff if anyone would like to get involved or you know if you think this is an idea worth pursuing go for it because i'm a bit like meh um and since then i've made a lot of friends with like other forensic people yeah and i think because i'm like here's my thoughts if you can do this and make it a thing please make it a thing 
maybe don't give me credit or ask me to get involved I'd love it um because one thing you'll notice in uni is well as an academic is you don't have enough time in the day so sometimes you things. you'd rather yeah. tell someone about a thing and then they go on and you go oh sweet and then they might go there might be money in that do you want your name on this grant which again never happens in my experiences because I'm not bringing money in that's it you're not really a good researcher supposedly unless, unless you're bringing, you're bringing in money, money. In. Yeah. Yeah. a million fund every fucking month yeah, yeah I've heard that before I did get a small grant though um I got a QR quality research. Is it the QRS? PSF? Yes. Policy something something? Yeah. yeah. That's what my, when I was on about the AF FINA group, phenotyping thing before, that was that that money. Yeah. So that project came from that as well. So I got cool. £10,000 to do a project on deep fakes. And then I hired someone to do the deep fake stuff. But I think life gets in the way sometimes. I ended up doing a lot of the project myself anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, tell us about your deep fight work because we've just discussed that. Yeah. So I wrote this thing where I wrote the... Well, no, firstly, a, sorry, sorry, just before you get into that, just so people know, what is a deep fake exactly? Oh, uh, like fabricated media. Okay. So it's like a video that someone has used some sort of art of AI software to make it different. So like uh, like a video where someone sends something that's wrong. Or like a, they didn't actually say it, but yeah, it, it, it's okay. been faked. It's just so everyone's they've on used the same deep page. learning or basically some AI thing to change it in so, some sort of way. So a, a big one example I know of is they did they got Joe Rogan with it. Oh yeah, the yeah, same story. Yeah. Yeah. So loads. yeah, for those who don't know, it's a Joe Rogan podcast. They, they basically deep faked Joe Rogan to say that it was either a cryptocurrency or some sort of like something to buy. Well, the crypto that, bros that he was <laughs> that he was saying was like really good so then that was like an idea of a deep fake so yeah. he didn't say it that's okay. actually why um banks don't literally the last like three months like barclays and stuff banks are no longer permitting uh voice authentication on the phone that makes loads of sense really yeah because um yeah basically the idea and the the project was deep fakes and in the last like 18 months i haven't applied for any funding for fear of re- fear of rejection and i kind of i spoke to some of like especially the ones in maths like the ones who get like all the grants and stuff asked for some advice and they kind of went like you see when we get the grants you don't see all the rejection emails we get so I kind of had to just get a bit of a thick skin and go right fuck it I'm going to start a plan for stuff so anyway they, they, they said they were doing small small money for projects and the idea is deep fakes but it's deep fake forensics because in my opinion fabricated media like videos audio all stuff like that it, it's used in malicious means so like teenagers get bullied by it like people make I'd say the bad side of this is, is it 97, I'm pretty sure it's like 90% of deep fake videos online, it's porn. I was listening yeah, myself. And an even now. larger majority of that porn, it's kitty porn. Okay, And no. the argument of some fucking dirty bastards out there is, well, that's not a real video, is it? Because they're using AI generated indecent images of kids or whatever. Who instead of, instead of actually that? molesting children. Yeah, they're like, well, it's an AI. And you're like, right. So, because I knew like the celebrity deep deep fake porn was big, because the amount of celebrities have put a tweet out going oh, yeah. like, "I have not done a porn." Yeah, yeah. yeah you well, you've got I mean? some like, celebrity like celebrities are the ones where you kind of go, "There's a lot of porn stuff," but also then you go, oh, "Why would they say that?" Like, you'll see a video and you'll it'll, you, you, you kind of question a wee bit. But I, I asked some of the students, so uh, students who now work in the police and the, uh, cyber units, kind of in the country. Yeah, I just like had a consultation with a few of them, and I went am I imagining this but is this a problem for you and also my understanding is there's no forensic indicators so a little sidebar would be like if people use a steg analysis or 
um, basically a tool to hide files within a file or yeah. certain techniques. There's like little indicators. So there's one called like like Steg tool or is it hidden secrets? But anyway, you would have a file. Generally, if you've got the virgin file, the file with nothing wrong with it, you'd know that it was different. Yeah. Or you have a file and you look at the metadata and there's something in there that basically says... It, it's it's a bit fishy. Yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, right, okay. But with deepfakes, there's nothing like that. Other than you going, I'm pretty sure this is not... Unless it's like a blatant, this is like a puppeteer thing where the voice is not, the the face isn't quite moving as it yeah. should. Yeah, like something obvious that everyone yeah. can go. Well, did you? Did you that's run, not fucking Jennifer Aniston. Like did you that. run into the one the other week with Keir Starmer? No, but I, I saw Nick the internet. People losing their shit about it. And so I just um, was like, oh. during the Labour conference, someone deep faked an audio clip, basically of him like being like dead horrible to one of his staff, yeah. like, as if he was being like a proper tit. And then, like, fair play to, like, both sides of the bench. They came out and were like, yeah, this is, like, a deep fake yeah. type thing. But it just shows... It looks just, so real, Because they, nobody did it without video. Oh. Just audio. So it was audio. So because the audio, as you, as you know, it sounds so realistic, yeah. you didn't have to match it up. So it was like, we, like oh, breaking news, this has been a secret recording of Keir Starmer. And it came out, and then everyone was like, no, it's a deep fake came out. But, like, as you say, that's... You, you knew that was no, bollocks, though, yeah. because... Kirstan hasn't got the minerals today. He's voiceable like here. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's just like He's get just... dead excited about yeah. labour. Yeah. And it's like lad, no jazz of you lads. He, he ruined labour, bastard. Anyway, I tell you what though, they'll get in, and it's, and it's probably better than. I'd love if labour got in, but yeah, I'd say Kia like over this. She bought still, it, still like... a boring person either way. Yeah. Yeah. When I did the when we did the union marching down in London, and um, I went down. I'm the union rep for our department. And uh, Jeremy Corbyn was like the guest appearance, and yeah. I was fangirl, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Thinking, like I voted for this man so many times, and all the things he proposed, you know, like four-day work weeks, you know, um, internet for everybody, all these things, and everyone's like, "What a weird thing to suggest!" And slowly, everything's coming in. But anyway, back to the the deep fake thing was, I asked a lot of the ones in the industry, like, "Is this a problem?" Yeah, and actually, they said that it takes. When they have a deep faked thing, so a video or audio or something like that, and maybe they kind of, it's a gut feeling that it's maybe not quite what it is. Yeah. And then you have a discussion and the younger people seem to know that it's probably fake. Older professionals don't know. They're like, I mean, I don't know. And it basically it takes time and it's meh. So I did a project where we looked at are there forensic indicators? What's the best methodology? What are the commonly used tools out there? And then I kind of did like a summary of here are the indicators so like uh like shadow inconsistency light stuff like that and then i got forensics ones in so i kind of i just emailed all my like students here now like cyber experts in the uk and i was like do you want to come to a workshop that i'm running in the in the uni there's catering yeah <laughs> that's sandwiches. You, you have to put catering that, yeah, that, like, that is lunch the will be provided and coffee and then i had like um <laughs> people from like the north wales police like merseyside police and some other sort of researchers and stuff and I then had like presented some stuff I did and I was like, but also I genuinely wanted to know what they thought. And I was like, have, am I like been naive here or have I missed something? And they went, no, no, you're a bit, basically I concluded that there are no forensic indicators and honestly it's gut feeling. Yeah. Or unless it's a really bad deep fake. And I was like, and this is a problem in our area. So what, there's no, when you went through it, other than someone with a bit of nouse who's watched a lot of them can go this is bollocks yeah there was no other and 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 I'll, in the cases it's i'm i'm putting in for like a funding i'm putting in for some leverhome grant 
because I have a way and I've got an idea on how you could then test for this gut feeling, which I can't really go into. But basically, I'm sort of saying, like, as a forensic person. What one idea potentially this has just came to my mind? Look at, uh, I don't know how possible this is from a video. You know, if it is a video, mm-hmm. trying to match the vocal sound to does the mouth make the correct sound, well, so like, correct there shape are, in our d- for that sound in our uni in engineering there's like there's like an audio video masters yeah they do things like that but my perspective is That's from if like there's audio though or if you kind of no just want video. like a quick way around it so i'll, I'll like a, a little clip of it would be it's like you're looking at it and you're knowing i'm i basically want to use like machine learning and stuff and efforts yeah. and i want you to be able to measure and look at like you know like eye track and stuff you kind of know when you don't know why you know so can i use with someone using like eye tracking glasses and i know someone who has it can you look oh, at the hot so sick and you'd be like i mean and you're kind of trying to look at it and you're trying to figure it out and then the ai is going well clearly it's this thing or this thing or this thing and it's something to yeah. back up your gut feeling like can you do something there's more to it but that's that's kind of the idea because and again talking with a lot of the forensic cyber experts ex-students who are now in industry but i said to them i was like how do we know Unless it's a celebrity and you go, well, like, God damn it, they wouldn't say something like that. Unless it's like someone you publicly, you you know, and you think, oh, or you've seen a video similar to it. You wouldn't know. You take it on face value. Like, yeah. I, I have a student doing a deep fake forensics project for his dissertation and he was saying about stuff. And I said, I saw a video on Reddit. I mean, it's about a cat that grew up with dogs. So the cat barks. Because I then I was explaining to him how cats talk to other cats by like, like, eep, eep. they make like this yeah. weird yeah, kind of. yeah. And then he went, I hope that wasn't deep faked. And I was like, oh my God, I really hope it wasn't. But I was like. How would you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I was well, like, but it was cute. And then I was like, well, no, if the cat grew up with other dogs, dogs bark to communicate with other dogs. You're telling me all these fucking animal videos I'm addicted to watching are yeah. all Oh, I'm going home. Fucking no, I, was, I watched the to- a tortoise riding a fucking donkey the other day. Well, my day. daddy sent it to me before. And I was like thinking, oh, that's so cute. Or is it? Because you can't yeah. fucking tell. Well, here's the one. You sent me just you a ever... genuine video of you having a nice day. Yeah, I know you're not. It's there. all you're lies. <laughs> you're sitting at home, you fucking little asshole. Did you ever see the the viral clip years ago now where a guy? It was during COVID where the cat that was like really good in net. Did you ever see it? In goal. In goal. I can't in remember. net. Fucking run, come man. In net. <laughs> you just said in the goal. In goal. Don't where, think so. So, but he, it was like a YouTuber. What he did, like a fake. So he Bollocks. like went viral around. So like he got his cat to jump in like weird ways. And then like photoshopped himself like kicking the ball. But anyway, it's not a no, detail, but it's just funny. I've saw the cat where um the the owner of the cat is like he's got a green screen and it's the cat in films, like in a like Jurassic Park and stuff like that, and it's all like things and he's always like <laughs> and he kinda like photoshops the cat into these really mad scenes. I love videos. Like it is that. mad how naive. I'm telling I'm not gonna name the person because it's embarrassing, but I had a good mate come up to me and was like, Oh, have you seen about porn? And said, like, Oh, all these celebrities have done pornos. <laughs> And I went like, let's see. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a look. And, he, and it was some celebrity. And I went, that's not them. That's obviously Jack. Yeah. And I yeah. went, but like, he was completely gullible to it. Yeah. And he went like, nah, nah, they've well, done what? And I went, they haven't. No, they haven't. I went, and then I'm old. I went, oh, hold on, lads. There's a big menu here. Well, they haven't done that. You know what I mean? What? But, I was going to say, another thing which may, may be hard to quantify as well is that a lot of deep fakes come up through like TikTok and that, don't they? 
Yeah. I... So, like, for example, I see a lot of, like, Mr. Beast ones comes up because I watch his videos. But, like, I understand it's a deep fake because I watch a lot of that content. Whereas, like, say if... I don't you know. Aren't. Say if... What's a, a content creator I don't watch a lot of? I don't know. Fucking... Uh, I don't watch TikTok. It's shit one. Yeah. Oh, so I don't watch. Yeah. I don't have. I don't watch TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I think one that's annoying me. I'm too old for TikTok. I KSI. Think. He's not a content creator. Um. Speed. Still, yeah. Like I show speed. Like I don't watch a lot of him. So I wouldn't like. So the, yeah. So again, so those telltale signs. A face I would. You're regular. You're familiar with. Yeah. You'd go. Wow. This is fake. But one thing that the project actually pointed out was a lot of the deep fake detectors were wrong. So my shouldn't. Um, got pictures of me from like the staff profile my boss Tom uh, herself and she ran basically you know the, the, the pictures of us through pictures and she did I think she did some videos as well but it actually turns out that a lot of the like publicly available researchers say use this deepfake and it wasn't detecting it because it was a real picture Oh so shit. a flaw in the algorithms or a flaw in the tools is they're only looking to see if the bulk of it is AI generated so a lot of deep fakes are made from, you know, that website like thispersondoesn'texist.com. Yeah. And basically she was able to, I realize I say basically a lot, sorry. But she could take a picture that was real and then merge it with like basically face swap or something. And according to a lot of these tools, it's like, no, it's legit. Because <laughs> it's come from an, like an actual face. Cause there's, yeah, because maybe half of it wasn't AI. Right, I'm on it. So that technically the tool that you, she used to merge it yeah. was you know merging two different things kind of like back when like was a snapchat did face swap mm. and you clearly know what's a face swap but it was yeah, so it was funny because like snapchat one you can fully see like a fake body you know your head on your mate's body going, Look at yeah, basically, <laughs> some of these like really really good tools were like no it's legit and she had she swapped her face with anne hathaway and she you know you, you go at student's name's tony um, and, and she looked lovely photo Tony before and after you're kind of like well that's clearly not Anne Hathaway but then she did the same thing where she face swapped like my photo and then she face swapped my boss Tom's photo and Tom was like fuck's sake but the, the, some of the tools were like no it's legit <laughs> and it's clearly it's, it's, it's going to be a huge problem like in the next few years and it? it's yeah. weird how like but it, sorry Tom, it's clear, but then it's a problem we've not solved like the deep fake problem is jumping on a problem that was unsolvable and well not unsolvable what unsolved in that that like the social engineering stuff and yeah. the scams on top of that so they're just adding another layer onto a problem that was still yet yeah, to be fixed there's so many because I, I did a paper and i got rejected recently on I, I did the deep fake workshop i surveyed everybody who was there i presented them with some stuff i asked questions and i was like now we have some answers based on industry people like on this topic and people were like well it's not really a problem is it i'm like I fuck read the paper I was saying it wasn't just like oh forensics is bad but it's yeah. like you know deep fake um, and I give examples of like where it's been misused where it's been bad you know timeliness and all, all of these other things and again are there indicators and I presented to them and they just kind of wanted to know what tools would I recommend they use Yeah, but there are worries like anytime you try to use some sort of AI thing in a forensics case people will go well, it's the whole black box approach. Yeah, you ah, don't know why it's made. How serious? Yeah. But that you could have a legit thing that got some really good evidence, and people go, it's "I don't know box. how that algorithm works." So, and yeah. you're like, "I fucking just told how, you how it works." How serious are people in the area taking it? Then, on you're like, obviously, like this is the start of deepfakes. Like this is yeah. literally the initial months, in the, in years, the years of the problems. How serious is? Are other research taking? How serious is government taking it? 
are we taking it serious? How Enough. far could it go? It's like most things in the UK. They're aware it's a growing problem and they go, we should address this and then they don't well, address it. Well, the government at the minute are too bothered about um, putting laws in to stop AI killing humanity. They're also trying it, to stop like people, unions, unionising. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, have you not seen the AI laws that they're trying to pass at the minute? Like, no. how... This is this pissed me off, but Rishi Sunak doing a live stream of Elon Musk on Twitter about how AI is bad is just mental. It's Rishi Sunak, like, no AI. No, but, but also, like, why is the government meeting on a billionaire's platform Yeah. to talk? Anyway. It but, was one of your early podcasts where you talked about that. Like, whoever it was who made the... AI machine learning and stuff I can't remember but then they were like oh it's, it could be misused so don't you don't you do it yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it was earlier than that because the point it was, it was like that the it was the guy one. with open AI when we were talking about that because it's so it's so evidently self preserving because the people who were shouting the loudest now for for, cl- for to restrict oh we're stopping others uh, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to restrict open AI development not the company open AI but open source AI development yeah. and to restrict it to government uh, like to these big companies only at companies that are now have products that because it is notoriously hard to make an ai product that you can sell hmm. it's very easy to do well not very easy but it's much easier to do what we do where we develop ai systems for research purposes and develop them that way getting onto market that's usable and to make money is ridiculous and open ai have done it now mm-hmm. with chat gpt and is it dali their yeah, image yeah. one that image, yeah. so so they now have it and they don't want anyone else to have it. Yeah, no, so like, it, everything it's very, else is bad. It's yeah. very sus that the, the the people involved in generating that and creating a very big market are now the ones asking for regulation. It's like, trust us, we have it. It's yeah, really bad. It's, 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 to me, it's very easy to see through why. And John you actually is I'm one of the... I'm just against anything that's centralised. You if you've you? got anyone, if you've got a few people running everything, it's just like, nah. Well, I, I don't think regulation's necessarily a bad thing. Like, for example having but the regulation needs to be in the right place like it should be on the application of like if you get caught using ai for a nefarious reason it should probably come like say for scamming yeah you should probably get a heavier sentence that's the that's the mad argument though isn't it like regulation should be on application but that's proven not to work with nukes like don't use (laughs) nukes but then countries with nefarious ideas you could put us in that pot yeah but people end up making them use nukes no, but it, as no, long but as you people, have a legitimate use for something, if you go back to... People will do it anyway, is my point. You know Napster? Yes. Back file share and stuff like that. Peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer networks are not illegal. Sharing files online is not illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on what it is. And what file it is. And was it... I want to say Sean something. I can't remember his surname. Anyway, the guy with Napster, their argument was that you should be able to share files. And they went, for example, I am an avid bird watcher. I find a video of a bird. It's very unique. I upload audio signs of a bird. I want other bird watchers to be able to hear the thing and go, oh, yeah. that's a whatever type of bird. Yeah. There's a legal use for something. Therefore, they don't regulate it and they go, right, everyone's going to use it. And then obviously they know what people are using it. And then they get brought to court and they go, are you telling me people are sharing media files on that? Yeah. Well, God damn it. Those <laughs> bird watchers out I there. I was sending a magpie to my friend. <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's like with open source development. Like, do you want to say you actually is quite a sane voice on this or seems to be at the minute? Is Jan Lee Kun? Jan Sun? Mm, don't think so. So he's like, a, he's like considered like, is he the father or grandfather of AI? Anyway, he's like a big name. He works for Meta of all places. Oh, but right. a lot of Meta's research now, they, they publish open source. 
in the AI space, and he's he's a big advocate for like a lot of these problems that people are saying uh, like AI is going to be so catastrophic. If you have it open source, it's going to solve itself out anyway. Yeah, because everyone can see, everyone can see what's going on. So by implementing these restrictions to make it closed source, you're avidly increasing the risk of the very thing you're trying to protect. Who's because advocating for it to be closed source? Everyone. Elon Musk. He doesn't want it. The a closed source. Yeah, but they want their own companies to do it. They want regulation. If you've got regulation on something, like, you won't be able to make it. I think they're just trying to, waiting to see what way it falls. Like, I'm not sure they were advocating for, like, regulating only a few to do it. They were trying to get regulations on what you can... But same thing. What you can... Well, it's like computer laws. They're really vague and really old. Yeah. Yeah. And they have been for years. And it's because, no, there's so many different use cases. You don't want to be too specific. So then you, you just... You go case by case, which then makes it harder. That to can convict. be problematic if you go yeah. too specific. And you go too specific. It, yeah. And here's the thing: it's it's very well documented that companies such as oh, or like big companies with a lot of money will just pay the yeah. fans to do what they want anyway. So having regulation on something such as open source AI means open source AI will die because then random people with a computer won't be able to do it. Yeah, I'm anti-regulation anyway. Oh no, yeah. I, I, I think regulation, regulation is 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 essential. Well, yeah, you need to. what I mean it's, by anti-regulation is I hate when everything's super controlled. I'm oh just yeah, like, but that, that's the point. You've got to have regulation to say, look, look, you can't do this. Yeah. Like, for example, in the UK, you can't have a gun, but well, you can have a shotgun license, whatever, right? Yeah. There, there's regulation, and look, yeah. there's no mass shooting. It's <laughs> mad, that, isn't it? But, like, with with AI, I think it's very obvious why they're going down the routes they're going down, and it's to make it that it can be profitable. Because eventually, in, like, five years, open AI models... Open source AI models will perform just as well mm. as these what the big companies are charged, yeah. and then there's the business model gone. Yeah, I can't think of the name, name of some, but there's been some ones uh, I can't think of them. But it's like every time they put some AI on, and then redditors be like, "Let's ask them lots of questions," and then you'd ask a really weird question, and then it's been like racist back to you. Yeah, or you ask it a question, and it's like send like Nazi support stuff, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And it's like, I think Sky did one or. Every time they try to have some autonomous AI thing come out, and everyone's like, "Oh, Reddit break it in like a day." Yeah, yeah. I think Microsoft did one years ago. Was it like Skybot or Chatbot? I can't remember what it was. I think it was a Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. And within, I think it was hours. Like people on Reddit or people on the internet had got it to just literally become a fascist Nazi. Even the other day, I seen one. um, (laughs) I seen one the other day on the on the um, the conflict in Gaza. Now it said right. uh, um, poem about um, the Israelis' sovereignty, and it was like, oh, you know, they, they, they love the land and like they claim it. Right, one about Palestinian sovereignty, like, dead and it was negative. like, no, it just said it's complex, right, and then continued yeah. the poem, but it said, but we don't like the Israeli one was a lot more like they definitely deserve the land, and the Palestinian was more a bit more like it's complex. Maybe they'll have the land, maybe they won't. Yeah. And That's that was like literal actual bias. I think I've saw ones where people have asked like again. Troubles like troubles in Ireland or something else from s- different perspectives, yeah. and then you think, is it given certain answers because people of a certain yeah. certain people have asked questions and it's went, this is the type of answer people want to see, or is the person in the background who's like programmed it has went, here's my opinion on some stuff, and then the AIs went from that because when I was in my thesis way back when, a lot of people said that unsupervised is the way the way to go for anything, not even just machine learning, but I was like. That only works if before you've done that, you've given clear directions on what you're looking for. Yeah. And then periodically go on and looking and going, right, is this, 
is are these still the parameters that we need and then you adjust it but literally completely unsupervised things ends up in some racist nazi bot and you go oh shit (laughs) yeah because then it just looks at what's being said the the demographic purely unsupervised is would is the ideal but we live in a world where purely unsupervised can never exist you kind of have like a a asterisk and you go 99 percent of the time it's unsupervised yeah because because basically what you have to do is have filters in it and then and then cluster from there and have unsupervised learning from your pre-filtered input because otherwise everyone just spams it and says all the Nazi related things and then it's like well this is the majority of what I learned so I'll say it back the danger for me with the big chap the Nazi ones clearly you know if it's saying mad stuff like that it's obviously fucked in it but like it's too and this is machine learning we know it's in the pack like the Google problem it's a reflection on the data that it's been fed but people in society are the what's the word? They censor themselves. You know, they don't want to say it, and oh, I don't want to cause any problems. And you worry that a chatbot or a model would, because everyone has swayed one way. For example, like a contentious conflict, everyone sides at one side. Maybe the truth's on the other side, but because the model and everyone else who's fed it the data has swayed that way, I'll never say the opposite now. And if you do, it's the, whereas a clear unbiased model would be like, here's the info. You know what I mean? Here, yeah, what? here's the news reports make your own opinions yeah, you can, it, can, it can have it, the fact might be one side right as long as that is the fact but if it if it's not clear it cannot or be they biased. cite the sources and they say this is the opinion based on blah 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 yeah. blah, blah but it's uncertain exactly, like a fucking what do you call yeah, those yeah. magic gate balls and it goes ah, exactly don't know. yeah, yeah. Well, that's well, the danger well, well I suppose well that's the point but then that gets into the whole point again of kind of what we talked about at the start where if you use these chatbots blindly without some form of understanding and just take what they say as gospel like these chatbots are still stupid like they are like they are essentially just like google has more information than chatbot yeah you just need to like because it gets stuff wrong all it's the got time to page thousands of <laughs> like so it, yes it's more convenient but without the subject knowledge as you say yeah. then if you just started taking your stuff off what these chatbots are saying then i think oh, what, what are you doing i think with the chatbots and stuff we're going to have lazy learners yes and you get that time. especially coming off the back of covid is i'm not saying any student groups in particular but the younger ones i feel old for saying the younger ones but they <laughs> just want the answer they're like what is the answer yeah. what what you say research this thing what do i have to write though i'm like we read it you look at the thing what do you mean what do i have to like, write That's they want the answer like what's the answer like i have a que- like one of my coursework questions is like how does the internet of things affect the rise <laughs> or affect cyber crimes <laughs> yeah and they're like but like we did a lecture on it okay what's the answer i'm like there's many points that you could mention and you know you could cite stuff you could do this i'm like but then you've got come on on you shut up just tell us the <laughs> answer <laughs> what, what is it don't like, get me fucking degree <laughs> and then you you mark it and they go you didn't have a lecture on that you didn't have a lecture that specifically said that and you go yeah i mean but i give you the theme i give you th- like I've had a few questions in the last week about, again, certain things on the coursework. And I go, I put a fucking link to this on Canvas <laughs> or referencing questions. Yeah. And I'll go, I literally made a page. Here's IEEE referencing. Here's Harvard referencing. Here's examples. I made a table. I did a comparison. I did this. And every person who's done this, I went, I made this. I put it on Canvas. Oh, I didn't look at it. Like, you know what's funny to me? Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. This is completely off topic. Some students are charming, man. And they get at, they get shit off lectures that other students can't just get. Just because they're a bit, no, just because they're a bit charismatic, and they can go back and yeah. work with you, aren't you? But like you'd notice certain students are like, uh, you know, blah blah, come over here. Yes, you know that. So is that what it is? Yeah. 
Knife oh, yeah, 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 and I, yeah. I completely agree um, But One of the tutors And one of one of my friends He has like a Q&A On his module So like anytime Someone asks a question He points to He's got a running Q&A thing And generally If people ask me The same question I just copy and paste The same answer Because yeah. I know Definitely during COVID When we were doing Online learning Because it's you know You know Two weeks to flatten the curve A year and a half Academically later <laughs> Eight years <laughs> later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it was like, we'd have the, do the lecture, pre-record the lecture, and then we'd have like um, tutorial sessions online. Blah, and it was lots of questions about the coursework. And then we'd just chat shit about life. You know, how are you staying? Did you go for your daily walk? Blah, 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 you know. But <gasps> then some of them started recording my lectures. I'd talk about the coursework and then they just, because I don't care about like, I just didn't think anyone would want to record any of our Zoom sessions, but yeah. they did. They'd record it. They'd write down all the stuff I said about the coursework. Then they'd use Discord servers. Then they'd ask a question. They'd ask a question. And then someone else would ask a question sort of similar, but slightly different about 20 minutes later. And then say about two hours later, someone else. And I'm thinking, they're piecing it all together. And I'm thinking, I'm not a fucking idiot. So I'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you look at the notes or you look at this, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then again, if people ask similar things, I generally just have like, I'll go, what did I email that person when I said? I'll just paste the stock in. Yeah. But... It's been years of it because they'd go, oh, I hope you're well. Hope you're doing well. How's the family? You good, good, good. Question about the coursework. And the theme at the moment is it's a question about the coursework. And I went, have you used the headings? What headings? My coursework spec says use these as headings and it has head, has bullet points. And and even the good students have said, I fuck, not fucking, it clearly says use these as headings. Oh my God, I didn't <laughs> see that. Are these the headings we're supposed to use? That's yeah. what it says in the coursework spec. Oh my God. It's, anyway, mad, it, it's, yeah. it's the lack of critical thinking that skill yes, is exactly and the critical analytics like for example i've got an exact similar to you so a couple of years ago or i don't think it was last year anyway i because i help in the master's seminar for one of the uh, one of the seminars and for the coursework it was like basically your evaluation because it was a very unbalanced data set you had to use f1 score as your performance metric yeah because it was more representative give it a fairer thing and everyone was getting low so they were getting really good results on the test on the set they had and then they upload it to Kaggle and they give a, a result there and they were getting awful results I'm talking like they were getting 0.9 locally but 0.4 online and they were like what what are we doing wrong here what are we doing wrong here and I had a look and they were using accuracy so the, the model was massively becoming overfit and biased yeah because it was a massively unbalanced data set so I was like but why are you using accuracy because that's what we do and I was like no why are you using accuracy yeah because i was like what well, if you read the coursework again and i'd sit there and I'd, I'd watch and read it and i'd got to go yeah and i went what performance metric you're supposed to use accuracy and in the end i was just like i can't even help you yeah i'm not i'm not telling you something that's on the paper and you should have read it <laughs> that's so bad i was like come on it's like with my coursework as well and again students are good but the question's like does it have to be on a real cyber attack yes the fucking coursework it is it, it says yeah. use an example of a recent attack but, I mean, do I have to make up one? No. Do you know what I mean? My <laughs> charisma, whole... though, is because some students would say, oh, Mr. Belfield, like, 
uh, is it accuracy and you go like look on the coursework and then there's some reason another one I go is it accuracy and you go like nah it's not accuracy it's what it is and you're just like some students <laughs> are just kind of, and they get oh, away wow. with it and another one's just like look in the coursework yeah. and you're like or you, just, you just go like oh my god no what I yeah. do personally is like I'll look at all the questions I'll get and I'll start a lecture and I'll go had a few questions about the coursework by the way maybe I've had some emails or I've just thought these are questions people are going to ask and I'll just go over it again and other people just go we've handed it out they should just get on with it and I'm thinking if I don't clarify this they're going to get it wrong and I'll be like yeah. as per my explanation three weeks ago you need to do it this way you need to have this and you've got people writing it th- no way oh my god and I'm thinking I've already talked about this a million times it's <laughs> insane isn't it someone emailed me this week and they said um, just had a question uh, it's been brought to my attention that there may be an exam I did a mock last week I put past papers up last week. Uh, yes, I was on strike week one, but on the module thing, it says exam and coursework. And they went, I went, there's an exam in January. And they went, I just can't seem to find this information anywhere. Thanks for clarifying. And I was It'll like, be in the module performer. Yes. It? Like, I was like, why was I doing a mock if was there's I not the an exam? Was I like, not being funny, lads, you read stuff. Me? At the start of every module? I never read once in my degree the module performer. Every week I go, this will be really useful for the exam. Or maybe don't look at this. I just relied on where the mouth, man. I I just relied on on peers, man. This is week seven and someone went, just want it. Someone's been to an exam. Is is there an exam? And I'm like, yeah, in January. They're like, oh, oh, since when? I think lecturers need to know that, by the way. 95% 95% of the class doesn't read no, the module performer no, but 5% do yeah. and they tell the rest what's going on <laughs> like, honestly I used to read this I can't I just be me I, I, I used to read the module performers and then I'd know right right okay this is going to be was it like a 60% or 40% yeah, yeah. I'd be like right this. I know this and then oh this is the name of this coursework so based on like the outline of topics we're doing it's probably going to be this this is what I'd do before like this is why you got 85% on your degree <laughs> and I got 80 I That 5% in the module performer. Is that amazing? Yeah. Thank you very That's much. That's what the module performer did, though. 5%, aren't you? I didn't That's do it. That's what it did. I tried my eyes. I just rather wear the mouth, man. Like, what have we got coming in? Go ahead, Sam. You, you operate on vibes, lad. I re- yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a vibe that I have a course to do. Is that right? Can someone tell me something? Literally you're like Branfield. I'm getting a vibe that you're stressed. Are we supposed to be doing something? When did you? Yeah. Oh, God. Tomorrow? <laughs> I'll tell you what, once. Last last story before we finish. A good mate of mine when we were in third year of undergrad. So we were in the library, and I think the deadline was like something like five o'clock. Oh. So we'd like we'd be, we'd done loads of the coursework, and we'd like got up to leave at like four fifty-five, and he just comes strolling in at like four fifty-six out, and he goes, the "Fuck are you, he's going." And we're like, "Oh, we've just submitted. Um, we're going the pub," and he went, "What do you mean?" <laughs> he thought it was the next day. Oh, oh my so god! He was like, "I've got four minutes to do me coursework." I haven't even started. <laughs> that's what making me laugh. Oh, Start a master's on you. Like, I didn't know Ryan that well, oh. but I cl- he was a year above me. Same age, but like, well, he's a bit older, but like, same school, yeah. But he went, why have we been different years? I did a foundation year. Yeah, yeah. And he, he went right to, into his degree. So we met, we met at master's again. In the first few weeks, I like, someone said, oh yeah, Ryan got 85% of his degree. You know what I mean? He's clever and that, Nerd. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> and um and like the first few weeks, there was these group courseworks, and they were like, "Right, P 
pick pairs or threes and we had like a click of like five people so I knew it was going to be a two and a three so I straight away just went like I'm with Belly and then you can't just decide the group I was I've just decided the group I'm with Belly I'm with you aren't I Belly and he just went like it's me and Sam and then just went and then they got well less and I was like decent I'm with Belly we had a good time as well in between running models we just played Call of Duty. You're still going to help people. Like, that's in yeah, uni when we did that, it would be again the joke oh, I've got your plan of action. Have you got this? I'm like, you need to do it on your own, but yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah, like, you'd help, you'd help where you could, couldn't you? Like, you'd give the general advice and then you'd be like, right, well, I can't help you anymore. Help you click like, outside yeah, of your click. Like, you'd be like, if I give you any more than what I've just told you, I'm basically just doing it for you. So, no, like, yeah, I would if someone <laughs> who I didn't wasn't that mate who had asked, I'd help them. But if it was one of me close mates, I'd go, like, well, that's it, you know what I mean? We, but like, we had someone and when they come into the lab, they'd go, ah, for fuck's sake, there's blank. They haven't done the work. And I'm like, what? I, I just didn't clock on. I'm the, Anyway, I then ended up talking to this person about a coursework. I'm not saying what, because they'll know. And they were like, oh, I've left. I didn't know. I've got all this other stuff. Do you just do it this way? But I was like, no, you don't just do it that way. And I explained to this person in the lab, where a lot of my friends ditched me, like, look, you need to do this. Draw it this way. Do X, Y, and Z. And they did better than most of them. And they were like, that's not fair. You give them a fucking five minute summary of like everything <laughs> we've spent the last few weeks doing. I was like, well, uh, just avoid coursework hand in two days before anyone goes, oh, how are you doing? No, no, they're not here to make friends. They want you they to want, give them they the want some help. Yeah. yeah. I, I, sorry, dead quick. Sorry, I had to make Bran on uni and it was this coursework where I was clueless on it. I yeah. just hadn't done much work for the few weeks and I'd like zoned out and now there was a coursework and I was like three fucking weeks and I went to the library with him we were good mates we were always going to sit together and work on it together and he basically schooled me on how to do it the whole, for like the whole library session that's it it balances out though as yeah. well so he schooled me how to do it and I was thinking like fucking he's clued up here on this but I'm, and I submitted and I got like 81% and he got 59 oh, and it was no. all this like, it was all this like info and I went like lads I told you what to do. I was just like, I just wrote it up, boss. So I got a good got a mark. Mark. That, that happened to me in forensics. Like I'd figure out, we'd get a scenario and you'd have to analyze stuff and I'd be like, I found all the files. This is what we need to do. And you need to write yeah. this, you need to write this. And I'd get 63 or 64. And we made to get in the 70s. Oh, like, you'd be bastards. They did placements though. It's so not what like, you know what to do, you know. It's like most went on a placement. And at the time you could do unpaid placements. And they, they went off and whatever. And then I just went into third year. Yeah. I did a summer internship and I was like, fuck it. I'll just go into third year, like whatever. And all of a sudden I'm getting in the 80s and the my head of program pulls me in and he goes, right, other than your mates not being here, what the fuck has changed? And I went, I went I'm not giving everybody the answer. I went, honestly, I was like, I, it's not that I ever do anything wrong, but I feel like sometimes when I submit something and say everyone else has the same perspective, because I fucking told a few people, like, this is what I think you should do. And the values you Yeah, know. so all of a sudden, and they were joking, because, like, I was doing my PhD when they were in third year, and they're like, oh, I need your help in the coursework. And I'm like, nope, they change the assignments every year. Also, I'm not helping you. Yeah. Help, you're on your own now. But like that, all of a yeah. sudden, me just, like, I'm going to have to figure yeah, this out on my own. Eventually, you do have to look out for yourself is the main thing, in it? It, it took sounds... me too long to realise that. Like, not yeah. in the back. Like, my friends were good, and they'd help me with stuff as well. But it would often be, I knew I wanted to get a first. And yeah. my friends were, some people were just happy to pass. And no, like, I'm I, totally I, on The it, lowest yeah. grade I got the whole time at uni was a 58 in one thing. And it really pissed me off. I, I think I was very similar. And when I say yeah. this, my mates in the pub would be like, you're a fucking dick. I was like, that's really good for me. And I was like, but it brought me average down. It's like, it really <laughs> yeah. upset me. I was like, like I got a first, but it's like, it's in the seventies. And yeah. I was like, I wish I did better. And my boss is like, 
Oh, am I old shitter? He's like, I'm, I'm very much like you in that. Like, I think I did that once. And I was, it beat me up. I was like, wow, I just. I could. I was like, I wish I had it. Like, I did my PG cert and I got like 63 or 64. Yeah. And it's okay. But I was like, oh, I wish I give more effort. And I was like, who cares? And I'm like, I, I know, but it's like, I should have, I should have did more. Like, I didn't want to because, yeah. Anyway, right. Self improvement. Well, but I'm gonna say, I was gonna say, we'll we have to wrap up. It's gone four. It's been a very very pleasant conversation as well thank you for giving us your Thanks time again back on. It's, problem. it's been it's been very very informative and I'm, I'm made that we actually got to speak more about your research as well so I think that uh, we didn't do it just this last episode no no last question go on take quick one word answer one song you listen to at the moment uh, is it Covent Basement or Basement Covent Covent Basement Basement Covent yeah okay. I heard it on someone's reel that's stuck in my head Belly one word answer song you listen to at the moment uh, to do list after the breakup blossoms. To do list after breakup. Barely asked me. Sam, what song are you listening to the minute? Um, I didn't actually think of one. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Mention your band. No, that's a self plug. Um, I'm listening to Honey Motel, Honey Motel. Matinee. <laughs> Out now with no. video available on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guess appearance. I'm listening to. Oh, I'm listening to Mac DeMarco, My Kind of Woman. Of course, you Everyone, if you liked it, make sure you like it. If you didn't like it, also tell us because, well, we like we like some feedback. But thank you for watching anyway. We don't like it. Until we see you in the next one, peace and love, and we'll see you then. Peace out. Ta-ra.